Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Father, we praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Holy Lord Jesus. Oh, we just thank you for every opportunity that you give us this service or to serve you. We pray that you will continue to put people in our path and give us opportunities and help us to understand that when we go after people or we try to inject our feelings or our thoughts or things that we feel compelled to share with them, they may not be ready to receive it. But if we listen and we're careful, we will be able to see those who you do bring before us because they'll say just the right words if we're attentive and we'll be able to ask questions and say, well, what do you think about this and what do you think about that we just thank you father for the discernment to be able to tell one and it's somebody that you were brought to in into our path that we can witness to and and versus somebody who we just feel compelled to share information with father we pray for that discernment we pray for you for an in, in just an outpouring a supernatural outpouring and anointing of your faith we pray that it be that it is an absolute outpouring of the gift of the holy spirit the nine one of the you know a group of the nine gifts of the holy spirit father god the holy spirit gift of faith we need the holy spirit gift of discernment especially today we need the holy spirit gift father god of love more than anything those three but we want all of them we want them you know in the, your perfect timing for the times that we have ahead of us for the you know for the enablement of our walk and the things that you have designed and laid out before us to walk those works that we were intended to walk in in psalm 139 verse 16 before there was time that were written into our books and indeed echoed by Ephesians 2:10 the works that we that that uh that we are should walk in as it says in Ephesians 2:10 and we pray in the name of Jesus Father that we do walk in those works we pray in the name of Jesus Father that you do anoint us accordingly we pray in the name of Jesus Father that you will for those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength shall renew it so we lose it we absolutely lose it we're ready to collapse we're absolutely exhausted we can't hardly get up we can't think you don't even want to think about getting up tomorrow 
and we shall renew it through your anointing, Father God. We will renew our strength. We shall mount up as, as with wings of eagles. We will run and not be weary, and we'll walk and not faint. We thank you for the promises that you have given us in your scripture, Father God, and we pray that we are able to fulfill those promises, but we are going to need an anointing from you. We are going to need a special touch from you. We can be all, we can be all that you have designed for us to be since before there was time, but only with the anointings that we beseech you for in our prayers and the promises that you have given us and the standing on those promises, knowing and thanking you and praising you every single day for the fulfillment of those promises. And we just thank you, Father. We praise you for giving us those gifts that you have promised to give us. We thank you for giving us the strength and the renewing of that strength that you have promised to give us. We thank you for helping us to hear that still small voice, that, that, that voice that we will hear in our ear behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the left hand or whenever you turn to the right, Isaiah 40, or 30, 21, we thank you for these promises and we lift you up and give you all the glory, Father, because we need these promises to be made manifest in our walk. We need them to, to, to be a, a changing factor in every day that we awaken, every, every step that we take, every moment that we set aside in the early morning, maybe in the night, uh, maybe in the middle of the day to get on our knees and seek you, Father, and ask you to just fill us with love, fill us with adoration for you, Lord Jesus. We're asking you to, to cause us to fall in love with you at a level that we have never fallen in love with you, that we never even imagined was possible, that we become utterly obsessed with our first love. And then to progress from the, from the mandates, the requirements of being compliant with the things that are prerequisite in our walk, that we would be able to overflow with your, your anointing, Lord Jesus, and 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 and. and and, and be uh, compelled to be, to be as obedient as we know how to be and to confess of our sins because you are faithful and, and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and do this because we are completely, we are co- continuously self-examining our walk as part of our walk and, and uh, looking for every opportunity, con- 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 always confessing throughout the day, whenever we fumble the ball, whenever we get frustrated, whenever we say, you know, a naughty word because we can't, you know, we dropped a hammer on our foot, whatever the case may be, Father, whatever whatever small infraction or large infraction that we may or may not fall and go into as part of our walk, we just pray, Father, that your mercy will endure forever as it is promised in your holy scripture and you will continue to forgive us, remembering that we are dust and completely, Psalm 103, verse 11 and 12, remembering that we are dust and also, Father, uh, just, you know, uh, fulfilling the prophecy that was spoken by you in Isaiah 43:25, where you will not remember our sins. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you for this opportunity. We give you all the glory, Father, and we ask you to anoint this program because this program will not have meaning to many of the people who have not been listening to, the, to it, um, uh, the, the regular programs now for many, many years. Uh, I'm going to try to review, Lord God, I'm going to try to review a lot of things so that if somebody does happenstance by this program on a podcast somewhere, that maybe they will be able to glean a little bit of an understanding from it. Um, but uh, it, it may also be challenging, and only with your anointing, Father, that maybe it will open the hearts and the minds of those who have never heard these concepts before and, and, and become a beacon of hope in a day right now when we have nothing but mass confusion really to lay our hands on and to, and, and to experience as part of our walk uh, by even opening our eyes. It's unavoidable. We can't avoid it. It's part of who we are. It's, it's who we've become, and we are now walking in Ecclesiastes 118 like never before, and I am sure from the bottom of my 
heart that it will get far worse before it gets any better. But we give you all the glory and praise. Father God, it is, an, it is a privilege to be able to carry our cross to Golgotha and through love and even laying down our life through sacrifice, being able to show other people the faith that you have given us, the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge that death does not have a grip on us and that we are here as sojourners and it is our duty to serve you until the point of death whenever that may be or until the point of the first watch barley harvest in jesus name we pray and thank you amen Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, so if I stumble over my words and trip and, uh, you know, and speak in strange languages and not in tongues, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, then forgive me because uh, today has been a long one. This uh, by the time this show ends, it'll be 18 hours for me. I'm too old for this. I'm gonna just be, <laughs> the Lord knows I'm too old for this. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. Right. Amen. Praise God. So you just keep on going. You slug down some coffee at a bad hour. You get another night of crummy sleep back to back and you say hallelujah. And you say, well, Lord, maybe you'll be kind enough and merciful enough to count it all the blessing as a type of sacrifice, a type of uh, being a fellow medical way, fellow sufferer of Christ. And we all have our things that we're dealing with. I know that. And um, I am hypersensitive to them. And, um, you know, I, I, 
I, I'm stuttering right now. I mean, literally, I don't know what to say. Um, and I guess I, the only thing that I can figure is that as things get darker and worse, um, I will stutter even more. The problem is that you get to a place where you're so utterly overwhelmed with the vectors of darkness that are body slamming into your brain that uh, it, it, it hits it like kind of like an overflow. I, I, I don't know how to – I mean, I work in cybersecurity. I work in computers so that, you know, I don't know – it, it, it's known as a buffer overflow. Basically, you can only hold so much. It's really a brain my cup runneth over challenge, right? And when you're getting – and sometimes you're getting bombarded – you know, can you imagine that your brain is like a cup, okay, like a coffee cup, and you've got like five different people that are pouring, you know, five different flavors of coffee into the mug, and they're all doing it aggressively, and they're all saying, "We got to, you got to drink more coffee." You're going, here you go, and you got like five pots, and they're filling it up, and it's just pouring over the lip of the coffee cup, and it's going all over your desk, and it's burning your knees and your brain, and you're like, "What?" And and you know, and that's really kind of where. I think a lot of us are getting to be, you know, and for different reasons. Um, we have different deltas or, you know, different dynamics in our lives. You know, sometimes it's just challenges associated with our children, challenges associated with our family. Then you combine that with COVID. Then you combine that with mask wearing. Then you combine that with juggling after taking your kids to school. And, oh, okay, now you got to wear a mask. Now you don't got to wear a mask. Now you got to wear a mask. Now you don't got to wear a mask. This is true. That is true. This isn't true. That isn't true. Then, you, you know, think, and some of us are blessed to not have to work. And boy, let me tell you something, folks. Like I say, I don't even know how many bazillions of times I've said it, but I will say it again and again, if you don't have to work, if you are blessed to be on retirement, you have no idea how blessed you are. No idea. If you have a job that's just kind of kicked back, administrative, you show up for work at eight, nobody cares if you go home at five, pays the bills, might not have a lot left over after payday, but you know, you're getting by. You have no idea how blessed you are. For those of us who are in insanely awful, you know, I just, I mean, I can give examples of people that I know, listeners of this radio show, actually, who have jobs that are, I don't know, in a lot of ways, they're worse than mine, but not. You know, it's like their working conditions and the risks associated with doing their jobs are much worse. The hours that they have to work are much more horrible, and they get paid probably a lot less than I do. But, you know, everything is different. All the deltas are different. Everybody, every one of us has a different dynamic in our lives. We have things that irritate us. Maybe what irritates me doesn't irritate uh, this person. Maybe what irritates that person doesn't irritate that person. But the devil knows how to get to each one of us in his own way. Our father, because the Lord God tests the righteous, it's all over the Bible, is going to test us. Our father is going to very likely, very likely going to test us as we go into the dark, darker periods of time that are directly in front of us. Okay, um, and um, that would be a foreshadowing that was called out by the Exodus. Um, so the during the Exodus, you know, again, I'm going to repeat uh, Psalm 7841 is the key to understanding the Exodus and the dynamics that were in play there. So you can you can read the whole Exodus and the and Israelites being and the whole story and everything. It's a wonderful, fabulous story. It has all kinds of types and shadows that point to the things that are going to be happening in our near future. Hopefully, a lot of them of which we, I pray in Jesus' name, will not be a part of. I hope that everybody who's listening to this program makes the barley harvest, which would be the first group that's in 
Matthew 22. Okay, and you might be like, for those of you who are kind of new to it, uh, I'll go ahead and jump over there. I have got my PC study Bible in front of me. So I'm just going to call it out. Now you're going to have to, I don't have time to go and dissect the entire parable. If I did, let me tell you something. This would be a six hour show and a snap. Uh, we're going to cover so much information that it is going to make your, you know, yeah, you're, it's like going to be, it'll be like drinking out of five fire hoses all at the same time because you got to lay down the foundation. Now, a lot of you that have been listening to programs and have heard other programs that we did that were, that use this same body of information, to make a point, uh, you will hear a lot of re repetition, but that's also important because we have to set the groundwork. We have to establish the baseline of information for anybody who might stumble over the show over a podcast because really at the end of the day, we want to bring as many people along with us as we can. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. And for those who don't know about the, the existence of a barley harvest um, or a first watch or whatever the case is, you know, we want to awaken them to that. And the reason we do is because people will tend to get complacent. The reason why they get complacent, you know, once somebody has made their mind up that they know when the rapture is, and if they've been told by somebody on YouTube that, hey, it's going to be at the final harvest, uh, it's going to be after the three days of darkness, well, you know, they'll kind of start sitting on their hands and they'll start to, you know, slip back in. They won't be like spending extra time in prayer. They won't be drawing into the Lord. Um, they'll get a little lackadaisical, you know, and, uh, and maybe their behaviors will start to slip into sin or whatever the case may be, backslide a little bit, whatever. God doesn't really want that. And it's hard not to let that happen, especially when we're so utterly overwhelmed with all of the things that, you know, the everything. I mean, the stuff that we're, I'm just going to say the stuff that we're overwhelmed with because it's so much. Okay. And if you're not overwhelmed, wow. If you're like, you know, canning jars of jelly and singing Jesus hymns, on your retirement, <laughs> if you're not doing cartwheels of praise in your front yard every single morning, <laughs> you're you're missing out. You really are because you're just not living where the rest of us are. Um, but anyway, um, uh, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It probably mean it could actually mean that you're going to end up being fortunate enough to you know blessed enough to go home, perhaps before our walk through the desert. I believe that the Israelites being taken into the desert is a foreshadowing of the things that are going to happen to all three watches of the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, um, I am not certain, as a matter of fact, I, I, in fact, I really kind of don't believe, I don't know, it's very hard, because it's difficult to determine through the scripture when you're reading about the first watch, second watch, third watch, it's very difficult to determine if the third watch is actually part of the bride because you have, as it says in Matthew 22, it says um, in verse, uh, i got to focus my eyes and move my microphone closer. It says, so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all those whom they found, both the good and the bad, good and the bad, good and the bad, good, and, you know, the bad and the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Okay. All right. So this dynamic of filling the wedding hall, uh, the wedding supper of the Lamb, you've got to understand those guests that are at the wedding hall are now given the blessing because they, you know, listened to the calling of the servants that called them and warned them and said, you need to get your ducks in a row or leave them pretty soon. And they believed them. And they said, help me to find salvation. Help me to get Jesus in my heart. And we, we hopefully we are instrumental and you know i don't think we're going to be here for this so i mean i'm i i this is what i'm doing i'm one of the things that i've now injected into my prayer 
supplication list uh, in the morning is to pray for every listener of this radio show. I do mean every listener of this radio show because I want to bear fruit and I want that fruit to remain. Okay, John fifteen sixteen. Okay, I don't want. I don't do this for my health. I do this. Believe me, I don't. I do this because I care and I want every single listener of this program to get what they need to get at the level that they are able to receive it and then prepare themselves because that servant who did not prepare himself and do according to his master's will will be, will be beaten with many stripes. Well, if that be the case, if you're going to be beaten with many stripes, which is a metaphor for, you know, having to go through more refiner's fire, okay, then that, you know, that's not a good thing. That means you're pretty much not going to make the barley harvest. And I'm preaching to myself as well. I still have my challenges and we need to be in repentance. We need to be constantly self-examining. I, I, I'm telling you, folks. Anyway, so um, it is hard. It is really hard. And when we think we've arrived, we are guilty of uh, presumptuous sin. Wow. It's like a catch-22. When you really know your scripture very well, you see everywhere you look is a catch-22. You look to your left. Oh, catch-22. Look to your right. Oh, my goodness. Another catch-22. Look up. Oh, my. There's a catch-22. That you know, It's almost in some ways better to not know your scripture very well. Because it says in Luke twelve forty eight, it says, you know, he who um, it, it goes on to explain, you know, uh, to him to whom much has been given, much will be required, and to him, him you know, uh, who much was given, uh, all the more. Oh, I don't remember I, the whole thing. I I can't quote every single scripture. Thirty one thousand one hundred two of them in the new uh, in in the Bible, and I probably only have like point oh one percent of them, maybe partially. And I I really have to spend some time and go back and re refresh my memory with my flashcards and everything, but I don't have time. I just don't. I don't know if it's a test from God. I don't know. Or it's a combination. It might be a combination punch. It might be a combination punch. I mean, I know that the Bible says, you know, it's a blessing when we're chastened by God. I get that. And chastening really is part of refinement when you think about it. Chastening and refinement are almost, they can be, they can be two different dynamics. They can be one and the same. Or they can be two completely separate things. In some cases, in some cases, chastening can be bringing you back onto the narrow path because you slipped and fell down the hill. In other cases, chastening can be uh, a type of a test. You know, the Lord God tests the righteous. Well, anyway, so I, I don't want to veer too much off because I can get going, and once I get going, I can go down into all kinds of rabbit holes of scriptures to back what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make, and I won't get through the program. It happens all the time. So, um, but I don't know if the Lord's trying to test me or it's a combination or it's like, a, I don't know. I just don't know. But what I will say is that my life is definitely not getting any easier. Okay. that I'm just going to leave it at that. And I do pray continuously, constantly. Oh gosh, if you had any idea, I pray heavily, hardcore in tears many times, most of the time, uh, you know, for those of you, and I ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, I pray thee, Lord my God, pour out a tenfold blessing and anointing upon the people who even mention me in a prayer, because I need it. Because at my age, I'm telling you, I never imagined in a bazillion years that I would be doing this, you know, approaching what, the 11th, you know, the latter part of the 11th year now, heading into the 12th year. Are you kidding me? And then, you know, and, and guess what? The, 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 the people that have been helping me, my, my helps, you know, the people that have been helping me behind the scenes keep this program going, they're, you think,
think I'm getting up in age? A lot of them are, were, you know, started out helping me when they were like, you know, already 15 years older than me or 20 years old. You know, they're really getting old. Okay, so I don't, you know, I don't know what to think. I mean, I just have to trust God that, you know, uh, things will just keep on keeping on, you know, by some miracle. Uh, my life is full of many miracles. I don't understand it. I can't get it. I see God in everything. I see the many miracles. It's mind-blowing, awesome, but it doesn't change how hard it is. Um, so anyway, um, so one of the mir- many miracles is I just got put – my company has decided, I don't know, so most people would believe that if you're being promoted and good things are happening at your in your job and senior management sees you as a a big deal or whatever and they want to promote you and they want to give you well what they do is they give you more responsibility and very frequently they don't give you a lot more pay so you'll get like three times the amount of responsibility three times the expectations of your time your effort hours that you're supposed to put in Three times more difficult easily, sometimes eight to ten times more difficult your job becomes because you're now you're having to do essentially three – an amazing – the amount of more work that you have to do when they when, – when management decides that you have the ability to make them a lot more money and you have the smarts to be able to help other people do things that they otherwise couldn't do, they will start throwing things at you, and literally you will live in a pond full of rattlesnakes and alligators everywhere you turn. And you're bouncing from one meeting to another meeting to another meeting to another meeting, putting out this far, putting out that far. The stress is – words cannot describe. I'm going to tell you straight up. I would rather lay my head on the guillotine and go home right now, honestly, than face what I have in front of me in my job. But that's because I – I'm very focused on Jesus. I just want to go home, and I'm also tired. So there's the earthly side of me just like, you know what, hey, man, I'm ready to go. Okay, And I, I know a lot of us are like that. I know a lot of us have been through the meat grinder. We don't want to – we're there. We're done. <laughs> but if the Lord wants us to do more, we're willing to do it. All right, so anyway, uh, so I, you know, what the Lord does – I, I can see the Lord's hand in this because this is not something the devil would do. But at the same time, it's – Smells and tastes almost like the devil would do it. But then, the, then our Father God will cause a unbelievable miracle to happen in the midst. You know, you're looking at what they're throwing at you. You're looking at the additional responsibilities. You're looking at being given a an incredibly high dollar project that has a, the the odds of succeeding of one in a million. Okay, and you're like a guinea pig, and they're just like going, "Okay, you're gonna you're gonna save the day, John." And right about the time you're thinking to yourself, "Man, I cannot take it anymore. I have got to get out of here." Then a little mini miracle happens, and you're like, "You see the fingerprint of the Lord in it." So I've just got a sign. So here's the here's the mini miracle. So I got I just got a just hours ago, just hours ago. They were talking about it, and they were hitting around about it, and I was praying, please. I, you know, But no, no, it found its way to me. I should have seen it coming. I knew the one manager, senior manager, wanted me to do it. I knew that um, because he, he needs it to be successful because otherwise it reflects badly on his performance, right? So now he's petitioning and telling all the other managers that they want me to do it. He wants me to do it, and then they kind of know that I am the one that ought to be doing it because uh, – Probably the only one that can pull it off. And um, I don't mean that to sound puffed up. I really don't, folks. But one of my 
blessings from the Lord is taking incredibly impossibly complicated situations and just getting everybody to do what I need them to do. And it's, 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 it's management. It's managing people's personalities, the sociological part of it, understanding how people feel, being empathetic, you know, hurting cats. It's just, it's just incredibly difficult. But anyway, all that being said, here's the miracle. Turns out that as I'm being assigned – now listen to this. So I'm printing out the statement of work for this humongous project, very, very big. Huge, huge, huge organization, over 1,100 locations, 44 states. And um, I'm, I'm being given the job, and I'm printing out the statement of work, which is which basically are my marching orders. And they're coming to me and saying, if we give you this person and that person, do you think that you can oversee them and make this miracle happen, even though that they're not very skilled and let alone and all that? And what am I going to say? No. <laughs> you know, they've already signed it. It's a contract. They're basically you got to be smart enough and to be able to know that when they're asking you, they're really telling you. Otherwise, you get fired eventually. They're just going to get rid of you. So anyway, that's all part of it. But here's the miracle. Remember how I mentioned West Coast Walder a lot? Sorry for the pause. I dropped my uh, my little um, Expo Ultra Fine um, dry wipe off marker. But anyway. So I mentioned West Coast Walder a lot, okay, and his name's Jeremy and all that, but I'll leave it at that. And, um, you know, we've been kind of friends, well, friends. You know, he's come to the house and visited me, you know, uh, when he was on a remote job where he had to fly out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I met him, and, uh, you know, we talk a lot, you know, kind of like buds, you know, over Instant Messenger. And I I jokingly, you know, and tongue-in-cheek and stuff, mentioned him as West Coast Walter, on the radio show have many times, probably about two or three dozen by now at different times. It's not constant. Well, anyway, West Coast Walter, Jeremy, um, you know, we've known each other for many years now. He's been a listener of the program for many, many years. And he's, you know, and he, you know, you can't know somebody that long for, you know, without him, they occasionally mentioning, you know, like where they work or, the, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I'm looking at this statement of work, this big old contract, which, by the way, when I hit the print button, because I wanted to highlight parts of it that dictate to accomplish in an impossibly short period of time, um, is I, I hit the print button, and the print says uh, page 1 of 11, 11, 11, 1, 11, get it? Anyway, I'm like going, okay, Lord, and then it, something struck me, and I was wait. And I looked at the name of the company, and I looked at what they were doing, and I was kind of studying this, and I'm like, this can't – no way. And so I sent a message over to West Coast Walter through uh, you know, uh, what, what is now called Google Chat, but used to be called Hangouts. Hangout, Hangouts is still around, but they are slowly migrating people over to Google Chat. And you know, I, I have a – Oh, I don't know what you want to call it—a portfolio of people, a group of people that you know I refer to as the inner circle usually, uh, but folks that talk to me on it. Anyway, I sent a message over to West Coast Walter and I said, "What's the name of the company?" No, I didn't. I said, "Do you know this company?" And I wrote down the name of the you know I typed in the name of the company and he says back to me, "You're joking, aren't you?" And by the way, he actually meant that it wasn't a you know, it wasn't like a, a quip. And um, uh, he said, you're kidding, aren't you? And I'm thinking, oh, no. 
This is impossible. Anyway, we went back and forth, and uh, he's like, yeah, and I'm like, no way. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe this. As a matter of fact, it was so astonishing that I called the senior manager that was in charge of this, and I said, you're not going to believe this, but I know somebody has been working there for like 16 years. So this contract to do this impossible, super high-dollar deal happens to be for I'm you know the guy that's going to be running it and making it successful by the unbelievable mirac- miraculous hand of the Lord, which is the only way it's ever going to be successful. Um, West Coast Walter works there. He's worked there for 16 years. I I, I heard the name and I'm looking at the name in the, in the contract and I'm going, this, golly gee, this sounds familiar. And then I pinged him over the messenger and he's like. Dude, are you kidding me? And then I'm like, no way. So then I, I call up on the phone, the senior manager, and I said, you're not going to believe this. I know somebody that – I've known somebody for many, many years that actually works there for 16 years, the same place. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And and he's like, oh, my gosh. So now, now the people at work are like, you know, kind of like, that's kind of weird. How is that possible? So anyway – yeah, so that was the Lord's way of letting me know that he's going to make it successful. It's going to work out, that I'm not supposed to freak out. Uh, yes, Moses is dragging me out, kicking and screaming into the desert, and I've got to just praise God. You know, I could get upset, but we can't do that. Can't do it. Can't shake your fist at the Lord. Can't get upset. Can't be a grumbling, grumbling Israelite. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because again and again, they tempted God and limited there's the keywords. So what did the Israelites do? They grumbled, they mumbled, they complained, they well, they worshiped false gods. But of course, for us, that could be as simple as making other things in our lives more important than Jesus, because then Jesus isn't your what? First love. So then you fail the Church of Ephesus test in Revelation 1, right? Actually, two and three. So anyway, um, I, I just wanted to share that with you because there, in, there's the miracle for me. So that was God's kind way of saying, you know, I have just dumped a gigantic quarry truck of stuff on top of your head. I guess our Heavenly Father is also letting me know that he's testing, the, testing me like crazy. And um, I, I don't know how else to say it. And um, and that it's going to be successful. That coincidence component of it confirms that. All right. And uh, so I suppose I'll be able to sleep at night for a while. Or maybe. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. Sometimes sleeping when you're doing these kinds of projects is exceedingly difficult. All right. So let's go ahead and dig in. Um, thank goodness I don't have to worry about bringing a guest on in a couple of minutes and all that kind of stuff because otherwise there's no way I could do this program. Thank you, Jesus. Now then. All right. So uh, the first piece here about, you know, breaking. So it's very important to understand that once once your eyes are open to a mystery in the Holy Bible, if you receive it becomes foundational in your understanding. When that becomes foundational, what do you do with a foundational thing? You stand upon it. Foundations are things that are built upon. Okay. 
Now, if you're going to go from the first floor to the second floor, you're going to have to walk up different foundations because essentially the flooring of the second floor of the building is a type of a foundation so that you can go to the second floor. And third and fourth and fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth and ninth. Keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Because once you build another foundation, you put another floor in the building, you can go up to the next level. But most people don't ever do that. As a matter of fact, most people don't read their Bible at all. Most pastors don't even do that. All right. So anyway, you know, they take what they learned in theological college or whatever, and they make up a sermon and they preach and jump around and whatever. Okay. So, so the foundation to establish first and foremost is Luke twelve thirty five through 40. And I know, gosh, I've got so much. I don't know what to do here. Let me just take a look. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to plow through the news real quick between now and the top of the hour, which is approximately 20 minutes. It may not take me that long. And then I'm going to jump back to these scriptures, establish foundation number one, then we're going to go to foundation number two, then we're going to go to foundation number three, then we're going to put vanilla cream cheese and frosting, you know, the really good frosting. We're going to put sprinkles on the cupcake, okay? And then, uh, or you could call tying a ribbon on it, okay? Because what what prompted me, I could have just left this store, this um, information alone, uh, but as the Lord gives me more confirmations, then I feel a very compelling obligation to share the whole story again and add the additional confirmations on top of it. In other words, sometimes putting sprinkles on the cupcake is great and everything, but when the Lord gives you like a really cool foil gold package to put the cupcake in and a really nice foil gold ribbon to dye it and put, you know, and you kind of, uh, you're obligated, man. You're obligated. You got to give it up. You know, you can't be given things from the Lord and not share them. That's like a rule of the kingdom. And if you don't, and it always blows my mind when people say, well, the Lord told me not to share that yet. And I'm like, okay, man, whatever you say. <laughs> I'm always taken back by that comment because I don't see that anywhere in the scripture. That's almost like suggesting that you're somehow privileged and you should be sharing it with the body. I struggle with that, but I hear it all the time from people. The Lord told me not to share this yet. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Whatever. What if you drop dead? What if you get hit by a bus? You're going to regret it. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and do the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? <laughs> It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is Game over. All right, praise God. Now, some of these headlines are from the last show. But I was unable to get to them and then keep Preston on uh, track. You know, it's I'm not going to go there. Anyway, so uh, if there's a tiny little couple of days of delay, don't, you know, it's still important to get all these headlines down. At least be aware of them. You probably already are aware of many of them, uh, but they do merit clumping together in one fell swoop. So here we go. 
All right, report from CBN News says terror groups using Afghanistan to withdraw uh, Afghanistan uh, in a withdra- uh, and, it, and the withdrawal from Afghanistan in order to target Israel. Now, again, you might be like, what is this all about? Well, what, what's happening is all these mullahs and stuff are coming forward and they're pointing fingers over at Afghanistan and this, that, and the other thing, making certain accusations. And then, of course, saying, aha, Israel, now you're even more vulnerable. But let me tell you something, Israel's getting ready. And we're going to touch on that headline very soon. So remember this and remember the headline I'm about to share with you regarding what Israel is planning on doing. Next one up. CBN News also reports 15,000 Americans trapped behind Taliban lines. Now, we all pretty much know that by now. But and also one of the senators, a, a key senator, uh, had gone in and said we need to uh, levy the 25th Amendment against B- Biden. Basically, that's the amendment that allows you to remove a, pre- a standing president uh, – I'm sorry, a sitting president uh, from the uh, position of the presidency based upon uh, incompetency for many different reasons. And uh, so, again, uh, this was Rick Scott, who used to be the – uh, governor of Florida until DeSantis came in and put on his boxing gloves and said, come here, Biden, I'm going to box your ears. All right, and now everybody wants to move to Florida and all of our house prices have gone through the roof. <laughs> so thanks, you know, DeSantis. I don't know if that was strategic on his part, but let me tell you something. Everybody I talk to that's in another state getting locked down has to wear a mask when they go to the bathroom in their own house. Let me tell you something. They're like, oh, man, I want to move to Florida. All right, all right. Right, kids, you want to move to Florida, don't you? Yeah. That's right. That's right. But you want to move here because of Disneyland. I mean, world, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, I, I, I can read your kids' mind, can't I? <laughs> All right. All right. Next headline says Taliban seizes enormous United States funded war chest with thousands of armored. V- now, think about this, please. Thousands. See, a lot of times I read these headlines, and it really doesn't hit me. Sometimes it's almost like the Bible where you got to, like, read them a couple of times. And a lot of times people don't even read the actual stuff that's in the article, which is dangerous, by the way, because a lot of the conspiratorial Christian sites will bait you with a headline that suggests something that is not true. But then they basically admit it in the body text. You know, they'll ask a question and say, could it be that, which is your warning that they're – uh, sensationalizing their headline to imply something that they have no proof whatsoever is actually going to happen, which happens all the time and people fall for it. I used to. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So thousands, thousands of armored vehicles, helicopters, and drones. How many do you think of each? How many other amazing weapons and things? That you, uh, it's a lot, folks. They, they got enough to start a humongous war with some of the most advanced weaponry ever created in the entire world. We Biden has essentially created one of the most dreadful, horrific, and well-armed armies in the entire world. All righty. Combine them with the Chinese, and you got yourself a real problem over there. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next up. CBN News again reports, um, church leader warns, and by the way, they have this person, now he's masked, and they're like doing that strange thing where he's talking, real though, because you, you know, you can't find out my identity and all that kind of, well, anyway, it's one of those deals, and he, and his, sto- he, this is his report, the Taliban are going to eliminate the Christian population of Afghanistan, now this is somebody that's over there, 
So, and he's claiming to know stuff that nobody else knows. Okay? Does he? Probably so. Now, does it take somebody with a degree in advanced physics to figure this out? No. As a matter of fact, the vast majority of people out there that know what's going on and realizes what Biden's doing, the entity that calls itself Biden. I do not believe that that is Joe Biden. I believe that it has passed long, long ago. And we're just dealing with, well, an entity that refers itself to as Biden. Anyway, been there, done that. It's just one of the things, wheats and tares, people. Perfect possession, as Father Malachi Martin said on Coast to Coast AM, uh, you know, back in 1998. Praise Jesus. All right, next one up. Breitbart reports uh, 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 Republicans, uh, you know, House or I don't know if he's House. It doesn't say. It just says uh, Congressman Gary Palmer. Uh, says Biden administration is the most inept, incompetent national security team we have seen in the White House. Well, I guess since before there was time, <laughs> which I think would be highly accurate. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The Jerusalem Post, Turkey accused of bombing medical workers and anti-ISIS fighters. Wow. It's pretty heavy duty. Um well, take it take it for what it's worth. I'm not going to spend too much time on all these articles. We've got to cover a lot of material. Next one up. Significant loss of livestock in North Korea. Now, the reason why this 100,000 head of cattle is just, it goes on and on. This is important. And they're suffering from heat waves. They're suffering from uh, the heat waves cause droughts. That means that their, their crops aren't growing. So North Korea is going – now, other places in the world are going through a lot of this kind of stuff too, of course. You know, all this you know, catastrophic climate change, Planet X stuff, right? Amen? Now, the problem is when they're already on a war footing, this is, these are all the things you – know, eventually they're just going to have to crack because they're going to have to go and steal all the food stores and everything else. In order for them to survive, they're going to have to go to South Korea. Okay, and they're also going to have to sink the aircraft carrier that's off their coast because they know that that's going to come in and foil their plans. So the first thing they got to do is take out the major, biggest threat, which is the aircraft carrier, and then they can go in the Seoul, no problem. No, once they take out the air, the air support, United States Navy aircraft carrier air support to come against their their troops going across the DMZ and entering into Seoul and taking it over, no problem. That'll be a breeze for them, and they know it, and that's one of the reasons why they're going to do it. All right, next one up. Praise God. Israeli, listen to this, Israeli airstrikes and heavy blasts hit Gaza after border clashes with IDF troops. So this is ongoing, ongoing, never stopped. So there's constant constant Hezbollah shooting, uh, you know, the Qassam rockets and stuff down from, you know, um, Lebanon. And then skirmishes all over the West Bank still continuing. All this stuff, none of it ever stopped. And now we got Bennett and, of course, the, um, the uh, forces of, uh, you know, the Persians, the Iranians, all the different – all of them. They don't know what to think of Bennett. They're testing him. They're trying to see how, how, how many buttons can we press of Bennett before he strikes back hard. I mean, it's very, very important. You, this is war strategy 101 stuff. You need to know it. If you're going to be the aggressor in a war, you need to poke and prod your enemy until they snap. You need to know exactly what they're going to do when they snap and whether or not they're going to attack in kind. Right. All right. Praise God. Next one up. 
Stocks on the radar. The FDA expected a, uh, to grant full approval of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine by Monday. And there's more to come on that because supposedly they played a little bit of juggly-wuggly and didn't really get the one that they're using passed. And oh, it's just a big – and, of course, it's, this is like you know people are just flipping out over it. And I'm just like, whatever. I'm so sick of the COVID story. I, I just don't even want to report on it anymore. And it's like the number one thing. Anybody, oh, no. <laughs> they're coming after me with a needle. Run for your life. Whatever. Go ahead. Be afraid. Be very afraid. All right. Next one. Of course, your Bible tells you not to, but you go ahead and reconcile that and be sure to have a story to tell Jesus if you make it. Next one up. Yahoo News. Biden promises to evacuate any American who wants to come home from Afghanistan. By the way, that there is uh, that's how you know you're talking to a demon right there. When it says, I promise to bring home any American who wants to come home, it implies that there would be Americans over there who might not want to come home. And if you know anything about spiritual warfare and demons, demons are some of the dumbest creatures in all of creation. They probably have an IQ of like minus 5,000. They're stupid. And, but you got to work in spiritual warfare. You got to be around it. You know. Now, they're violent. But they're stupid. This was a demon talking. Or either that or he just no, never mind. It's a demon talking. Forget it. Next one. Next one up. Hell, hell. All right. Horrified to see the United States military equipment in Taliban's hands. Republican senators want answers from the Pentagon. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Next one up. Taliban conducts door-to-door visits in the United in the United UN documents it. Yada yada blah blah. Yes, they're killing people. They're just knocking on people's doors, busting down the doors, walking inside the house. You're a complicit with you know the Americans. Boom boom boom. Shoot shoot shoot. Dead 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 everywhere. Blood. Okay, they're doing it everywhere. Don't think that they're not. Anything, you can't believe anything that the Biden group says, okay, or any of their representatives. It's all – but you think it was bad with the other presidencies? <laughs> no way. There is no – nothing that has been as bad and, or demonic as what we're dealing with right now. As a matter of fact, listen to this headline. Satan works in mysterious ways. This is actually written into the headline. It says, newscast on Australian TV interrupted by devil-worshipping ceremony. Now, I don't know if this is going to play. I really don't. But I'm going to try to play it. Control button. Double click it. See if it brings up a window. Seems to be. All right. Let's go ahead. Oh, I don't know. Okay, here we go. i got to adjust one of my Gigi gadgets, and I'm going to press play. Let's see what they play for us in regard to this strange situation where ABC News affiliate suddenly, well, a satanic ritual ceremony suddenly pops up on the TV. Let's see how it goes. Here we go. Queensland Parliament. The state government announced the proposed legislation today. It's in part due to the stabbing of a police dog during an arrest in Brisbane last year. Okay, so um, since you didn't see it and all you heard was a very pale sounding hell saint in the background, that uh, what actually happened was right there in the middle of the news report, it, there, there it was, satanic ceremony and some dude dressed up like the Grim Reaper in the background going, raising his hands up going, hell Satan. And so it showed up right there on ABC News affiliate. 
some creepy weird stuff going on out there. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Let's on rolling through it in Los Angeles. Breakthrough infections are now 30% of all new new COVID cases in the midst of surge. Next headline, Delta is surging, but is another variant on the way. Here's what you need to know about the Lambda variant. Oh, it gets worse. By the way, chuck that away. Make, make a note of that. Write it down on your little tablet. Okay, because it's going to get worse I guess, in a second here. Okay, all right, next one up. The Epic Times reports national security under the national security topic section. It says Secretary of Defense, the United States cannot. Now, this is the Secretary of Defense. Now, if you're paying attention at all, you will note that the officials who actually ought to know better that are part of the Biden staff, are saying one thing, but Biden's saying a completely different thing. But it doesn't really matter because what does it matter? What does any of this matter? I mean, at the end of the day, all you got to do is look at what's going on. And, and if you're not speechless, blown away, I mean, some people are so speechless and blown away that they just can't, they, they just can't watch it anymore. They can't even pay attention to it. They won't even turn on the news. And I can totally understand that. That's like, what's the point? Okay, so he goes on to say that the Secretary of Defense of the United States of Babylon the Great says the United States cannot, cannot collect large numbers of Americans from Afghanistan. So, and by the way, he said it about, uh, I don't know how many different ways, and uh, while at the same time, they flip over to Biden, he's like, Translated means uh, we'll have no problem getting out any American that wants to leave. Yeah, right. Sure. Hello, Hannibal Lecter. Cut my skull open and eat the last of the brains out. Where's that shrimp fork? Oh, my God. Taliban atrocities under uh, already underway against Afghans who helped the United States or refused to wear a burqa. Well, now, what do they mean? They're chopping body parts off, folks. They're gouging people's eyes out with knives. It's unbelievable. But that, it's, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. Just keep on praying. That's, that's why I've been focusing a lot of my prayer time in the morning for the for miracles to happen and as many people to get out as possible. Praise God. I know other people are praying that too. Hallelujah. That's a great place to be placed in your prayer power. Next one up. PBN News reports. Mastermind behind the Taliban takeover was released by President Obama from Guantanamo Bay, in exchange for a United States deserter. You know, you got to exchange something. If you would have given him an ice cream cone, you know, hey, here's an ice cream cone. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and let this, uh, you know, really evil mastermind dude, you know, go free. No, they got to, like, play the game and pretend like it was legit. Oh, it's so exhausting. Next one up. World Net Daily reports stunner experts say FDA approved Pfizer shot is, quote, not what people have been getting. This is the one that's flying around the Internet right now. Um, and you know what? I'm like, whatever. You know, to me, it's just exhausting. It's like, oh, great. Another COVID story. OK, you know, I'm just waiting for everybody that got the Pfizer Moderna shot that didn't that doesn't have a seal of God on their forehead to, uh, you know, run around and start eating babies. 
<laughs> like everybody says. I'm still waiting for that trigger event that all the Christians were saying all over YouTube and all these people that call themselves doctors in their little YouTube uh, you know, TV shows and things that they have out there that you know they have like thousands and thousands of followers. They all said that there was going to be this, you know, by now uh, they would have pressed this magic button and six million people are going to drop over dead. Whoopsie daisy. All I can say is here we go again, again, and again. Oh, it's been fun. Next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Biden leaving Americans as hostages for the Taliban, according to World Net Daily and the reporter Art Moore, who says thousands of Americans could be left behind in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan because President Biden won't budge from an August 31st withdrawal deadline. He's got the G7, the top seven countries that are part of NATO, all telling him, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't you do that. And, of course, you know, he just goes back into his demonic trance and goes, <laughs> just, oh, where is my shrimp fork? Where is my shrimp fork? I, I can't take it anymore. Next one up, hallelujah. Here we go. United troops, I'm sorry, U.S. troops call it World War Z. Evidently, they're actually referring to it as World War Z as they look out their various windows and see all the people running around right outside the uh, entryway to the airport. And uh, by the way, um, it says and it says uh, Russia Today correspondent in Kabul airport describes a horrendous situation. And they were kind enough to include a video, which you can watch. And by golly, it does look like World War Z. It looks like a I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I seen Brad Pitt there somewhere. And that is I can anyway. Next up. All right, as Bennett, now listen to this, Times of Israel, as Bennett meets Biden, as Bennett meets the entity that calls itself Biden, IDF ramps up plans for a strike on Iran's nuclear program. Did you hear what I said? I hope you heard what I said. As Bennett meets Biden, the Israeli Defense Forces ramp up plans for a strike on Iran's nuclear program. Now then, I am going to read you a newspaper article, which I saved from 2012. Okay? I'm not going to read you the whole article. I'm just going to read, you know, the headline here to cut to the chase. Um, but anyway, this uh, retired general or whatever from the IDF, it says the only uh, – and I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to quote it. Quote, again, date November the 11th of 2012, published at 2.42 p.m. on the Times of Israel. Quote, only, quote, the nuclear option, end quote, can work against Iran, says former IDF chief. And this is Dan Halutz that said this. So you can look it up, H-A-L-U-T-Z. Okay. You can type in that whole headline. It might still be out there on the Internet. 2012. Only the nuclear option. Now, why is this significant? Because, and I'm not going to spend time, I'd like to, but I I know I'll run out of time if I do. Um, But I would like to play for you the Dr. David O'Rourke vision of the nuclear missiles exploding in Iran. Uh, What I will do is give you the short summary. In a vision, 
Dr. Orror was shown a fighter jet flying from Israel into Iran and shooting two tactical nuclear missiles at the base of the Fordow facility mountain. Okay. Now, he, O'Rourke doesn't say Fordow. He says, I, you know, he, he, he says they're Israeli jets. He says they're nuclear missiles. And he says they're shot at the base of a mountain. Doesn't say which one. And then he says it's the biggest fire he's ever seen, this gigantic fire. And so, of course, that would be the case. Now, fill in the blanks. Okay, fair enough. We're going to move on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. G7 leaders can't sway Biden to delay the Afghanistan withdrawal. So basically, Biden has self-imposed his own deadline, making promises he can't keep, conflicting his generals. I mean, come on, man. And he's given – okay, listen to this. Listen to this. Taliban threatens Joe Biden, stay in Afghanistan past, past August. See, before we had the 9-11, but, but the deceiving demon that calls itself Biden has, by making the statements that he has made publicly, you see, he has empowered the Taliban not only with the most advanced weaponry the world has to give to anybody, uh, and you know, but uh, he has now empowered them to up the ante and state publicly, okay, if you cross this line, now the Taliban has moved it up. 31st, August. It used to be September 11th. Now it's the 31st. Taliban's like, we're going to attack you. You're going to suffer consequences. Now, in what form does that mean? What's going to happen? We don't know yet. But it's going to be bad. Might be smaller scale. You know, who knows? I, I, you could speculate until you're blue in the face. Next one up. <laughs> Taliban shows off special forces in propaganda blitz. So what they're doing is, and I'm, I, I suspect, if, if my suspicions are correct, there are con- uh, satanically controlled media sources that are involved in this, and they're helping the Illuminati and the forces of satanic darkness that are, you know, taking over the world right now because our Father's allowing it, preparing for the Great Tribulation, which is sneaking up on us real fast, World War Three and all that. But you have uh, professional-grade photography of Taliban forces now fully dressed and um, what would you call it, clad in the latest and most advanced military stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, they're they're ready to, for whatever. You know, they got night vision goggles. They got the everything, every advanced thing that our our Marines and our Delta Force, you know, SEAL team type. They're, they're dressed up and they're posing for the camera. They're proud as can be. Now, you don't think that's a stage photo? You don't think it was intentional? Sure it was. Like I said, walk into a, a Walmart and you know go to the checkout counter and point to the front door and scream, Taliban! I don't recommend it. I'm just saying. All right, praise God. Next one up. Epic Times says McCarthy says there's no po- – this is Senator, Senator, you know, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican Senator out of California. I'm sorry, House. Okay, says uh, that there is, quote, and I'm quoting him, no possible way to evacuate all Americans from Kabul by August 31st. All right. Anyway, not said. Next one up. The United States warns Islamic uh, state terror threat to Americans in Afghanistan. So if that ain't enough, 
the ISIS entities, okay, they're see what they're doing is they're pretending like the Taliban are one army, and then Al Qaeda is another army of evil, and then the ISIS people are another army of evil. See, they're trying to pretend like they're all different ones, right? But in reality, they're kind of not. And what's really kind of creepy and worse is that it was the United States of America that created ISIS. It was the United States of America that created Al-Qaeda. Okay, there are pictures. If you're smart enough to go find them on the Internet and you're good at searching, you can see Zbigniew Brzezinski, the head of the Trilateral Trilateral Commission, at least he was at one time, uh, which is, you know, got an alien insignia for their insignia. So they're communicating with otherworldly beings and fallen angels. But anyway, and he's showing Osama bin Laden, bin Laden how to shoot like an M16 or you know, like a machine gun. He's teaching them. Don't even get me going on. I have photographs of McCain. McCain, Senator McCain, um, you know, in, in a room with the lead leaders of the ISIS group, you know, dropping off something, probably suitcases full of millions of dollars all right that's just how it goes all right praise god thank you jesus and on that note let's go ahead excuse me long day hallelujah let's go ahead and move into thank you jesus back to the main topic of the program which is the um alien ship barley harvest and we're going to move pretty quick because i don't want to run out of time thank you jesus and here we go Praise God. Those trumpets are so loud in my headset because I'm not going to get into the because it'll take me too long. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all right. Learn. First, we got to learn that the Bible talks about the first watch, second watch and third watch. So we're going to read Luke 12, 35 to 40. You shall from this point forward be drinking out of five fire hoses at the same time, which, by the way, is a little bit bit like doing my job. (laughs) Okay. All right. So Luke 12, verse 35. Jesus says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. So that is a direct, direct reference to the wise virgins. Get it? And where do the wise virgins go? Well, they go on the wings of a great eagle to a place where they are fed for times, times, half a time, away from the presence of the serpent. That's all in uh, Revelation chapter 12. I don't know what that great eagle's in there for, but I got a sneaking suspicion as to what it probably is all about. <sighs> Why even put it there if it doesn't have a significant meaning? What, what do you got to be? A wiser got to be like wings of a great eagle. Don't you just say the woman was taken away to a place of safety where she was fed for times, times, and half a time? What's up with the great eagle? Put your thinking cap on for crying out loud. Hallelujah. All right. Let your waist be girded in your lamps. And it's not a real eagle, people. Please. The bird's not going to, like, come down and snatch everybody up for the rapture. So, you know, you got to really put your thinking cap on. All right. Praise God. Let your waist be girded in your lamps burning. So there it says, basically, Jesus could have just as simply said, Hey, all you um, uh, uh, brides of Jesus Christ, you wise virgins. So that's basically what is being said in verse 35 of Luke 12. And then in verse 36, he says, and, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their masters and he will ret- when, when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Okay, so 
Now, the concept of him returning from the wedding, what you will never get in the loss of translation is what you, you know, this almost seems to imply the way it was translated, that he's coming back from the wedding. And it almost kind of seems to imply that the wedding has already taken place. However, comma, that is probably a translational loss from the Greek over to the English, which, of course, you can't really translate Greek to English. It's impossible. You can transliterate it, but you can't translate it. I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, so this could just as easily be read. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he returns from the wedding that is in progress. Now you're starting to get it? Okay. And also, if you're familiar with enough testimonies of people that have been taken to heaven, in the Odin Hetrick heaven testimony, you will discover that Jesus visits lots of people and has um, various meetings with them in their mansions at the same time. Here, Jesus, there, Jesus, everywhere, Jesus, Jesus, because he's omnipotent. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? But I don't think we are, we are given, we're, we're not given that level of, you know, abilities. We're given, you know, minor God status. We're like him. We're transferred into beings of light and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, <laughs> there are certain things we won't be able to do that Jesus will. All right. So anyway, goes on and says, when we return from uh, when, when, when he returns from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him. Blessed are those, verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Verse 38. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants as well. So what you got? Well, while the first watch wasn't explicitly mentioned, we clearly know that it exists because he wouldn't come back for the second and the third if he hadn't already gotten the first. Simple. So you got a first watch, second watch, and third watch. Simple as that. Well, I read that years and years ago, and I created an article. I wrote an article back in 2011, uh, and it was uh, all about um, – uh, I, I entitled it uh, the uh, multi-phased rescue mission, okay? And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to get into it, um, but I speculated back in 2011 uh, in the article multi-phased, multi-phased rescue mission, if you want to look it up. But you can just go to the main website, tribulation-now.org, and you can look at the main page and find the article that has a – it kind of looks like a picture of an R2-D2 robot on it, but it's actually a uh, space telescope. And um, it's got an astronomy magazine. Um, uh, uh, you know, it just says astronomy there. And then you click on that, and it'll take you to the full-blown article. But it actually has a title for the article just below the picture. Shava O First Watch Wedding Year 2021? Question mark? Now, it's a question. It's intentionally a question. Do I really think it's going to happen in 2021? It could. It could. And therein lies the importance of this message. This message is a message of hope. But it's a message of hope for people who are highly analytical and believe in supernatural events, walking in the fruits of the Spirit, 
seeing the word of, not just hearing God speak, seeing God speak. Now, if that is not something that you can relate to, it's not part of your walk and you, you've never been, you've never heard the testimonies, you don't get that kind of stuff, then you will not easily be able to receive this. You're just going to hear some psychobabble guy, me, going, whatever the case. All right? That's fine. We're not all at the same place. And it doesn't make you any less than anybody else. I'm just sharing what I got to share. All right. So that being said, this is a message for, of hope for the, for the listeners who are highly analytical and understand what it means to walk in a supernatural way. Because if you don't understand that supernatural walk, that mini miracle that God gave me, when I gave the testimony about the massive project that I have and the name of the company, blah, blah, I didn't mention the name of the company, but I'm just saying that whole thing. And the fact that West Coast Walter works there, and I've known him for six years, and he's visited me here in the Golden JIB studios and all that, what are the odds? Do you have any idea how many businesses are located in the United States? Here, let's, let's just go ahead and open this up for a second. How many businesses, that's E-S-R-N-U-S, are you ready? There are 32.5 million businesses in the United States at this time. 35, I'm sorry, 32.5 million businesses. So that means that the odds of me getting, and this is kind of some crummy math, but it's, it makes a point. We'll just call it really rough and heavily rounded math to make a point, but – since there is, according to this consensus of April the 11th of 2019 from businessjournals.com or bizjournals.com, 32.5 million businesses in the United States. Now, we've probably lost some small percentage of those due to the COVID deal, but it's not enough to really affect the number. When you have 32.5 million, you, you could lose 2 million, and it doesn't matter. It's just mathematically irrelevant. It's a rounding error. Now, that means that the odds of me – now, again, some, this is some fuzzy math, but I'm just making a point. Getting this particular project – keep in mind there are over 3,000 consultants at work, and there's over 50 of them on my team alone – that I would get this job or a job, a, an assignment that was working essentially for the company that West Coast Walter works for. It has for 16 years. The odds are 1 in 32.5 million, roughly. I mean, you could, you could say two and 32.5 million, but that's not a rounding error anymore. And for those of you who know even basic management level math, you get what I'm saying. That is no coincidence. <laughs> okay? I'm sorry, folks, but you, you know, but you got to understand such things. All right, praise God. So I'm going to review the, <clears throat> the article that I published entitled Chava Ode First Watch Wedding Year 2021. And then that's the one I told you. You can go look it up. You can study it. You can read it. You can hear the whole thing, all that kind of stuff. Now then, um, so it starts – I'm going to totally blow past – I'm going to move fast, okay? You're going to have to read the article. If you want the whole story in much more detail, you will have to go back and listen to another radio show that I did called First Watch, Second Watch. You know, I don't know. I forget what the title is. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's all there on the website, tribulation-now.org, tribulation-now.com, tribulationnow.com. 
All of them. And I think it's even tribulation-now.net too. I don't know, but you'll find it. Now, the first thing I'm going to mention is I had that Chava o wedding event. This is the supernatural. I'm leading up to the whole story, so I'm going to move fast. It was when I was crying. This is going back a lot of years, folks, like eight years, nine, no, maybe nine or ten, maybe ten years. I'm on my couch. I'm crying because I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it. I really – I just didn't think I was, there was any way that God would consider me. I just didn't felt, feel like I, I could make it. And I was like boohooing like a baby, which I sometimes do. And um, out of the clear blue sky, I'm sitting on my couch. It's like, I don't know, middle of a Sunday afternoon or something, and uh, maybe a Saturday. Who knows? And I'm like, I hear go to the mailbox. Now, it wasn't an audible voice. It was like a an inside feeling. Now, look, I don't ever feel like going to the mailbox. I'm just not one of those people. I'm one of those people that will, like, let my mailbox go for, like, three weeks straight and then regret it later. Okay? <laughs> okay. There's nothing in my mailbox that has, you know, unless I, unless something got sent from Amazon and got dropped off in my mailbox, I don't care what's in my mailbox. Now, so I obediently walk out to my mailbox. I pull it out, and there is a stack of mail, as usual, full of all kinds of junk mail and stuff. That's approximately four inches in height. But at the very tippy top, on the top of all that mail, is a letter from the Messianic Bible Project. Okay, it's a place that I seed into. And um, and uh, anyway, in Israel. And anyway, so I pull it out, and on the cover of it, it says, you are invited to this Shavuot wedding. I've shared this before in prior testimonies. That's why I'm not going to go into it too far, far but I'm going to tell you, inside that is just one reference to a wedding after a wedding after a wedding after a wedding. I cried so hard, I couldn't hardly get my breath. Okay? Praise God. Then there was the first watch key supernatural incident. Okay, so that was one amazing, impossible miracle. I still, to this day, I am looking at that letter. It is over 10 years old. It's showing age. The The outside of the envelope is starting to turn yellowish. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and it's right here. It's right here. I can touch it. I can pull it out, unravel it, and, you know, the whole deal. All right, praise God. All right, so the next part of my supernatural a series of events that lead up into this is the first watch key. Now, I was sitting there. Now, remember, I, you know, I had already by this time, I had already written the multi-phased rescue mission article way many, 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 many years ago. I mean, my goodness gracious, by this time, it's probably like six, seven years in the past. But now I'm sitting at my desk and I'm probably praying or whatever, or studying the Bible, whatever the case may be. But I'm sitting at my desk and I'm and once again, I'm having one of those boohoo sessions. There's something about our tears that causes God to react to them. And, and I don't have time to cover all that. It's a whole nother sermon. But I'm just telling you, it's a fact. So when you put your emotions into something, when you're crying and it's coming from your heart, there's something that just, I don't know, amplifies the communication channels directly to the throne room and into God's presence. You know, and then that's, you know, speaking in tongues to that, and you got yourself a whopper of a weapon in the prayer warrior realm. All right, praise Jesus. But anyway, the first watch key, I was sitting here. I, I'm just going to cut it to the chase. Once again, crying, sitting here for some reason, praying about something, you know, and I look up, you know, now you have to understand, I paused in my prayer for some reason, don't know why, looked up, 
and right there on my desk is my keychain. Now, I've told this before. I've told this testimony before. Now, on this article, you get to see not only the keychain. So if you go look at it, you'll see the keychain. You will see the strange first watch key. Very strange. Very strange shape. Indeed. Incredibly weird. And on the key, it says first watch. But here's the thing that's weird about it. First off, my keys are never out of my pocket. So it's like one in a quadrillion bazillion that I would even look up from my prayers and my crying to see the key in the first place because I got like, I don't know, 20 or 30 keys on the key ring. What are the odds that the one that says first watch would be staring me in the face, let alone even being on my desk at all? It, it just so happened that I was transferring files and I had one of those USB sticks on my keychain, so I had it sitting on my desk at the time. Coincidence? Yes. Coincidence? First watch key. Didn't even know I had one. Didn't even know there was a such thing. So then I decide I got to go find out where the first watch key belongs. So I'm on a mission because it's got to open up something in the house. So I go walking around. I'm opening up this cabinet in the kitchen. I got a lockbox in there. I tried that. Nope, didn't work there. Went over to another place, another place, another place, another place. It was a weird looking key. So I knew it had to be something strange like a lockbox or something, you know, that not a common key. Definitely wasn't going to fit into a normal door. It wasn't a Schlage lock, none of that stuff. So I'm going all over the house looking for something to stick this key into because I just know. I just know that I know that I know that this key is going to fit something. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's going to be supernatural. I don't know. And I'm hunting. And I'm walking around this key, walking around this key, and I walk into the, the, um, into the garage, and there is my car with a luggage carrier, which I bought from Sears way back during the Deep Water Horizon event, when Steve Quayle and everybody else out there was saying that uh, the thing was going to blow up and, uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, Gulf of Mexico and Florida was going to go underwater and they were going to have checkpoints at the, t- at, you know, at, on Route 95 and Route 75 and nobody would be able to escape Florida and run for your lives! Well, of course, you know, that was earlier in my walk, that was 10 years ago, and I, it made me very scared. And I almost quit my job, left my, almost left my wife, almost left my house, and I had bought this escape pod to uh, escape with. Okay, and, and now, now you might be like, what do you mean escape pod? Well, it's a luggage carrier that you mount to the roof of your ha- car. All right, so anyway, um, but I gave it the nickname, the escape pod, because it's very difficult for me to mount it onto the top of my car. Very difficult. It requires acrobatics, and when you are at my age and overweight, doing acrobatics on a ladder on top of a car, uh, it, it, isn't, it isn't fun. It's dangerous. It's life-threatening. So I didn't want to take it off my car. I left it on my car. My neighbor would even joke around, are you ever going to take that thing off? And I said, oh, the escape pod, because I gave it a nickname. I gave it a nickname. I called it the escape pod. Well, I had this funky key in my hands, and I'm going, what do you – and I went back over, and I put the key in, and it was like Pandora. It was like Pandora's box. Like, it was an amazing miracle. I turned – I, <clears throat> and the thing opened up. So here, the first watch key is fitting into a luggage carrier, which I had many, 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 many years ago, gave a nickname, which I called the escape pod, and even told my two houses down neighbor, okay, that, oh, yeah, the escape pod, I don't know when I'm going to take that off my car, okay? So now I hope you're seeing what I would refer to as cascading miracles associated with the first watch. Okay, those are cascading, impossible miracles. Okay, 
Okay, fair enough. Now, the other thing that I would like to point out, because it's easy to forget these things, is the Arecibo Alien Hunter Telescope has been destroyed, and they're not going to rebuild it. They might claim they are, but I seriously doubt before Jesus comes they're going to rebuild it. But also, did you know that COVID-19 caused the shutdown of literally everyone? Now, I don't suspect they completely, like said, you know, hey, press the off button on the Spitzer Space Telescope. But what they started doing was closing down everybody's access because you can remotely access these telescopes if you have a, you know, proper government clearance or work in a major university, et cetera, et cetera. They shut down access. So in Astronomy Today, it reports, headline, COVID-19 forces the Earth's largest telescopes to close. It's a headline. Wow. Now, don't forget also that there is a brass Death Star. Now, why do I say Death Star? Because if you understand the George Lucas films and the Star Wars stuff, which, by the way, is not fiction, <clears throat> and the Luciferian Rebellion and the Cosmic Wars and the things that happen, <clears throat> then you know that a Death Star spaceship is round. It is a sphere, kind of like the Earth. And it, uh, it, 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 that's just the way it is. Okay, so the Borg ships, as we know from Star Trek and everything, those are square cubes. But a Death Star from the uh, Lucasfilms is a round spaceship, and they're big. I mean, my goodness, they're planet destroyers. They are um, – they're just so huge. You could, you wouldn't – I mean, I don't even think words can describe how big they are. I'm sure they're – I mean, the ones that Stephen Greer reported in, in the Disclosure Project were that he had uh, firsthand evidence were estimated to be over 26 miles across. I'm pretty sure the, the Death Star that we're talking about right now that's going to show up in the sky above the world – is going to be it's going to make the 26 mile wide motherships look really teeny weeny okay i'm trying to put things into kind of like a visual perspective for you now many years ago we had uh augusto perez who i love and uh we had him on the program and we talked a little bit and he said no way he goes the lord gave me a vision of that and he explained that he saw in the vision a very large spherical shape, and I mean very, 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 very large spherical shaped Death Star-like mothership in the sky above planet Earth. And everybody could look up and see it. Now, granted, if you're on the other side of the planet or whatever, and it's hovering above Russia, and you're going to need to watch it on TV. But the interesting thing that um, Augusto said was that there were – Many, many different types of spaceships flying all around it. Now, in 2nd Esdras 15, verse 28, you have the dragons of Arabia coming on the earth, which, are, which is an alien force. And they actually war with another alien force called the Comangians. And it's all in 2nd Esdras 15, starting at verse 28. Verse 40 goes and starts to talk about the horrible star in 2nd Esdras 15, which, by the way, is a reference to planet X. And anybody who has connect, connected the dots that the that the uh, Illuminati consider to be one of their illuminous, you know, satanic, Lucifer-worshipping, whatever secrets, if you know the secrets, 
This is all about their gods coming back to support their mission. This is about the return of Lu- – not, it's not that they don't get to visit with Lucifer and some of their creepy you know, incantation-filled black mass meetings. It's not like that. They're looking forward to him taking control of the earth. And by the way, when he does it, he's going to be doing it with myriads, millions of reptilian beings. These will probably be Draco reptilians because they're very powerful, part of the Anunnaki races, and they will return to the earth. And they are a big, big part of the book of Revelation. Now then, and you're like, Johnny, show that to me. Look, I'm, I don't have time. I, I could, that, that's a whole other show, and I just, I just don't have time. I don't have time. But there's lots of alien creatures all over Revelation. And guess what? The Bible only tells you like point oh 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 one percent of what actually happens. It only tells you the biggest of the big stuff. It leaves all the you know, as J. Vernon McGee put in his book through the Bible, God hath not given us all the details. In fact, he says, God hath given us very, very few details. And he was referring to the Luciferian rebellion and all that. Okay, so why is this important? Because there, if you type um, brass, you could type brass ball sculpture, um, and I'll just see if that works because I don't want to mislead you and make you sad. So let's see here. Um, and it would be an accident, but brass ball sculpture. Um, enter, and now I'm going to jump over to the images. And I'm going to look, and let's see here. There's one of them. All right, and uh, I'm clicking on it, and um, I don't know where it's located. I mean, now they've got them all over the world. At one time, they only they were only located outside of the United Nations and the Vatican Library. But now they're all over the place. I did some deep diving. Uh, I really started to dig around, and, and my goodness gracious, there's got to be 30 or 40 of them all around the world. But that's because we're getting closer to their arrival. This sculpture is the Illuminati's way of letting them each other know that they can't wait until their minor gods return, this Anunnaki race of Draco reptilians that will help them take control of the earth. To them, this is as big. This is way bigger. This is as big as Jesus coming back to them. To them, this is their Jesus returning event. They can't wait. All right. All right. So then, of course, don't forget, please, that we have now the United States Space Force, which Donald Trump was very excited about making an official announcement about. Now, is it because he's in on it? Maybe. Or is it because he's just, you know... Pawn in the Game, William Guy Carr. Read the book if you want. Pawns in the Game by William Guy Carr. C-A-R-R. Space Force now exists officially. Not that it didn't. The cosmic clearances have been around for like, oh gosh, 20 years. But, you know, they, now it's official. Okay, now it's public. All right. Then you've got, um, uh, it just keeps getting, there's just more and more and more. And please don't forget this. How quickly we forget. What was it, a year ago? That these monoliths, right out of the movie, you know, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, were showing up all over the world. And they were trying to debunk them, trying to debunk them, trying to debunk, 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 debunk. And, and, you know, the alien beings that put them there, which, in fact, 
I believe beyond any shadow of a doubt, that's exactly what it was. They're they're making us a laughing stock. They're like, oh, you're gonna debunk this one? Okay, here's another one. Oh, you're gonna debunk that one? Oh, here's another one. I think they've got like six, seven, eight, eight of them, probably even more of them. I think the media just got tired of even reporting on them at some point. Mysterious monoliths just showing up all over the place. Island of Wright, Saint uh, Saint Louis Obispo. It just goes on and on. Another one was discovered in uh, Colombia. That one was gold. Another one appeared in the Netherlands. This goes on and on and on. This is important to take note of because these are markers. the The arrival of <clears throat> the arrival of alien life, massive disclosure, massive alien arrival on planet Earth. It it shall be preceded or preceded preceded by things like those monoliths. See, our minds are already full of the stuff that they wanted us to understand from our science fiction movies, which they're not. Science fact. We are subliminally taught. You can. Some people will say, well, we're subliminally programmed by Satan, so we'll believe blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. Look, whatever, man. You know, think whatever you want to think. The bottom line is we all know about it deep down inside. And that's all that matters. And those mysterious alien arrival signs, by the way, the movie signs, uh, is fantastic. <laughs> it's like just an alien, it has a reptilian being in it. It's like the best. <clears throat> but anyway, and will that happen? Was that movie prophetic? Probably. At some point, I don't. I don't plan to be here. I hope not. Hope you don't. All right, so you got all that. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Now I'm gonna. I don't want to miss this opportunity. Okay, so I'm gonna play this, and I'm looking at the clock. And seven, eight, nine, ten. I got till ten. All right, you know, I'm gonna have to move quickly, but that's all right. I want to play this. This is important. This is a rather long um, audio bite. And, um, oh, fiddle, faddle, fiddle, faddle. Um, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I have to go to another part of the show notes. Please forgive me. It's going to take me a couple of seconds to get to it because I don't have a link right where I needed it to be. But here I do. All right. Hold on just a second. Double click. And let's bring it up. Here it comes. All right. Here we are. Hold on. Now, I'm going to pause this real quick and just tell you. The subtitle of this is 10-Year-Old Jeremy Taken to Heaven and Told About Future Events, which include World War III and an alien war. Okay? Now, you may have heard this already. I, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. Now, my name is really John, but at this time I'm going to be Frank, or you can call me Dum Dum. <laughs> Or you can call me fat guy in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> call me whatever you, or you can call me false prophet like so many other websites and stuff do. <laughs> whatever you want to do. Although I don't recommend that because I don't think it'll make Jesus happy. But anyway, I don't think you'll mind uh, the fat guy in a Hawaiian shirt though. Uh, you know, because Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and the light. You know, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I gotta lose like, if I could lose as much weight as I want to lose. Anyway, that if I had a dollar for every pound. Anyway, praise God. Here we go. Ready, get set, go.
Hi, brothers and sisters. I wanted to share my son, my oldest son, his near-death experience that he had when he was 10 years old. Now, since then, um, he actually had died when he was 13 years old. And I know I'm going to see him again in heaven. I wanted to tell you that before he actually died, he had a near-death experience in which he was 10 years old and he was dead for a total of 40 minutes. Not four minutes, but 40. What happened is he had a near-drowning experience. He was gone for 40 minutes, like I said before. When they brought him back to life, they said that he was going to be a vegetable because he went without oxygen for so long, for 40 minutes. And they said there was no way that he would be normal again. Um, Of course, we all know that uh, God can do anything, right? Let's just say my son was not brain dead when they brought him back to life. He was on life support for five days, but he pulled through. His mind was perfectly fine. However, his lungs and his heart was not. So that's why he ended up dying three years later when he was 13. I am going to get into his near-death experience right now. I'm going to tell you what exactly he told me when he died and when he was brought back, what he told me on the details. This is what he said, okay? He said, Mom, he said, when I was down in the water, I seen this guy walking towards me. He was wearing a white robe. He had long, brown, curly hair, and his eyes were kind of golden. And he had a flash of gold, like a belt around his waist. And I said, who was he? And he says, I think he was Jesus. He said, it was the rock and roll dude. And I said, the rock and roll dude? (laughs) And he said, yeah, well, he kind of looked like a rock and roll dude because of the long hair. (laughs) And this is coming from a 10-year-old, so as you guys know, you know, uh, kids have an imagination, and they sometimes don't know how to express everything they see, but he said, I think it was Jesus, and then at the end of the dream, he said, I know it was Jesus, but what happened is he said, right when he was down in the water, he seen him walking towards him. But then he also seen to the to the one side of him, he said there was a black hole that had opened up inside the water. And this ugly creature came out and was trying to grab him. And he said, Jesus said to him, he said, go ahead and kick him in the teeth. He said, go ahead, kick him in the teeth. And he said, so he kicked him in the teeth. And he said, the creature went, Aah! made this noise and went back in his hole and then the hole closed up and then he said Jesus said to him I know your mother and he said I'm going to uh, take you to another place and he said grab my hand and 
My son said he took his hand, and he said, next thing I knew, Mom, he says, I was flying in the air. He said, I was flying way up in the clouds. And he said, the clouds looked like little cotton balls. And he said, I was flying way up, and we kept on going way, way, way up, past space and past everything. And he said, I could see the planets and that. And he said, he went far, far up. And he said, Jesus took him to this city. And I said, a city? I said, what kind of city was it? And he said, well, everything was kind of crystallized. Like, everything looked kind of crystally and shiny. He said, the streets were actually paved with gold. And they were very shiny and sparkly. And he said, there were many mansions there. And they were all sparkly. And they looked like big castles and just beautiful and he said everything all the colors were like more beautiful there than they are here on earth that there were a lot of babies there and he said mom I couldn't understand why there were so many babies in this place he said they had these workers that would take care of these babies until someone in their family had come up there to you know take care of them he said there were workers for everything up in heaven. And he said everybody was loving. He said it was like you were all one big happy family. And he said, Mom, I never felt so much love in a place in my whole entire life. He said, even though I loved you, I didn't want to come back. He said, I was so happy. I felt so much love. He said, I could fly. He said, if I had a thought in my mind, if I thought, well, I wonder if this is going to happen. He said, it was like it, the answer came to him automatically. He said, it's like when you go to heaven, that your mind is transformed and you instantly have the mind of Jesus. You instantly have powers and you have abilities and things. He said, well, then I asked the rock and roll dude. He said, Jesus, but he said the rock and roll dude. He said, then I asked him, um, what's going to happen, you know, with my mom and my brother and everything. He said he was shown the future. He said he was shown that there was going to be a World War III that was going to take place on the earth. He said his brother was going to get into the army and that his brother was going to get on the wrong side in life, which he's referring to my son, Daniel. He said he was going to get on the wrong side in life, but he would figure it out in the end. I asked him, I said, well, where was I during this World War III? He said, you were not on earth. He said, I, he said you were already in heaven. Apparently, I'm going to be up in heaven before this happens. He said, with World War III, he said, Mom, he said, people think they are going to have to worry about World War III. He said, that's not what people have to worry about, Mom. He said, there's something bad and evil coming. And I said, oh, really? I said, what's that? And he said, it's the war of the demons, the war of the alien demons. That's what he called them. He called them alien demons. He said that there were these creatures, these demon alien type creatures, and he said they were evil and they were part of Satan's army and that Satan was going to wage war upon this world and try to destroy everyone here. And he said World War Three is going to be bad. He said, but it's nothing, nothing compared to the war that is coming 
from the alien demonic beings. He said they were going to come to Earth and try to destroy it, and they were going to eat people. This is what he told me. He said they were going to eat people. These demon alien things. And as you know, there are no aliens. They are going to portray themselves as aliens, but they're demons. He said they were demons. He called them demonic aliens. But he said they were demons. They were creatures, and they were from Satan. And he said they were going to wage war upon this earth. And they were going to eat people. And and I was like, oh, wow, you know. So that was what his experience was, you guys. That's what my son told me. And what is so weird is... My other son, he hasn't had his brother in so many years because, you know, he died. It's been like uh, over 16 years that he's been gone. And what's funny, not funny, (laughs) actually, it's not really funny, is my son did join the Army. That is actually lining up. He's not in the Army now, but he was. So that is actually lining up with exactly what my son told me about what would happen. Okay. Now, to save a little bit of time, and again, if you want to try to find it, just type in 10-year-old Jeremy taken to heaven, told of future events, World War III, and alien war. Now... We have enough information to move forward. Uh, That's a very significant uh, prophetic testimony that supports uh, this. I think the most significant thing that the lady said um, was she would not be there. Okay. Now, I don't know if you caught that or not, but I think it's very, very important. She would not be there. Now, does that mean that she passed away or died or whatever? No, it it doesn't necessarily mean that at all. As a matter of fact, it probably more strongly implies that she was rescued, removed from the earth prior to that event occurring. So this would line up with World War III kicking off Alongside of essentially an alien invasion event, which would – there's even another prophecy that I have in my collection that uh, talks about how World War III was in full swing and all the soldiers were fighting and then an alien invasion came and they all stopped. Uh, It it just – you know, and they all – it's you know, it's choppy, but they all went home, you know, that kind of thing. But um, now then. Now, I know that, you know, the little boy was saying they are demons, you know, and she was really leaning on that because, you know, she wanted to make sure that people knew they were naughty, naughty, bad, bad, that kind of thing. They're not actually demons, um, but they do work on behalf of saints. And so by that definition, I can see where somebody would be like, you know, they would say they're demons. And many, many bazillions of Christians out there who have woken up a little bit uh, say the same thing. You know, aliens are demons, aliens are demons. I went through my aliens are demons phase, and what is a more appropriate way of saying is, is that these are cursed, twice-dead beings that work for Satan. 
Okay, but the Bible's very clear that they come from another place out in the universe. Okay, but you got to understand, you got to look at your Bible, you got to look it through a second set of eyes, and you got to understand what the Shamayim means. You got to use your hand strong, and then you got to see that it says from the far ends of the heaven, from the far ends of the place where the planets outer space. We, so again, um, uh, now are there some of these entities that are spirit being in nature? Yes, absolutely. But I'm not going into all the different permutations of these entities that are going to come upon the earth. The ones that are spirit being in nature are especially bad because they can't be killed. The ones that are in host bodies, they actually can be killed. But you know what? None of this actually means anything to the Barley Harvest First Watch Bride. Again, I emphasize the woman correctly stated that she would not be here on earth for this event. I, have all, I already know and have known that in order for the prophecies that I am – prophecy, dreams, and visions, etc. that I am sharing with you tonight comes a conclusion – and that conclusion, which has to be deduced analytically, and a lot of people won't catch it, but I see it clear as day. Uh, that conclusion is that the barley harvest occurs prior to World War III. Now then, now does it inc does it happen prior to any war incursions? Because what? At what point can you tell me, can you tell me, what point does a war actually begin? Some people would say we're already in the middle of World War III. I've heard people say things like that now for over 10 years at different, ever, you know, different times, you know. Oh, the Syrian war is the beginning of World War III, World War III, World War III. Okay, whatever. Now. So could there be an incursion? Could there be a, you know, a Red Dawn sort of event? Could, you know, bombers fly over, uh, you know, the Arctic Circle and, uh, you know, drop paratroopers down on the United States? You know, I have some of the stuff that I've studied implies when you studied it, you know, again, prophecies, dreams and visions that are associated with the Chinese and stuff attacking the United States. Um, for real, you know, flying planes, over, they don't drop nuclear bombs at this stage. They just drop, you know, paratroopers and machine guns and soldiers and people get killed and all that kind of stuff. Buildings are blown up. But is that the beginning of World War III? Is it? At what point does World War III officially begin? Oh, it's a little gray, doesn't it? Okay, then. So I'm preparing you for the possibility of being here for some of the ugly because, again, foreshadowing, the foreshadowing of all of the bride of Jesus Christ is to be like Israel and to ultimately be taken out into her desert period. And for those of us who grumble and complain and shake our fists at God and, you know, flip out, unfortunately, you're going to need more refinement. And you won't make the barley harvest. I'm just being blunt, okay? Because the lesson to be learned from the foreshadowing of Israel is that if you are a, an Israelite in your behaviors, you know, in your collective character behaviors, and by the way, I'm at great risk because I certainly have a lot of those tendencies, um, and the Lord's putting me in different places, and I'm finding myself very slowly. I mean, it is so slow. It's like watching paint dry, but it's taking a long time for me, but little by little, the Lord keeps on throwing bigger and bigger, impossible, more, more impossible, and more impossibler things at my life. 
And then he watches, I guess, to see how I handle it. And I don't know. I just I'm at a point right now where I just don't. I don't even. I used to worry about everything. Worry. Oh man, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? I don't. Have, you know. And now I'm kind of like the Lord has finally got me to the place where He's beat me down enough where I'm like whatever. Right now, I got a backpack, and if the Lord wants me to be homeless and eat a maggot-filled sandwich, fine. I'll just pick the maggots off and you know, do the best I can like any other homeless person. I, I don't want that to happen to me. Who would? But, I mean, if that's what I got to do, then I'll do it. Now, I want to read to you out of the book entitled UFOs, Aliens, Impregnated Women, Extraterrestrials, and God, Sex with Reptilians, Aliens, Motherhood in the Bible, Abductions, and Hybrids by Maximilian de Lafayette. Book now costs about seven hundred dollars. You can find one. I'm reading to you from page sixty-eight. In his research, he determined that there was an alien type two known as the reptilians. By the way, the Draco reptilians have wings like the Mothman, and they are. When you study such things, you will discover that they are second in command to Satan himself. Okay. So then. And there's a bunch of them, and they are part of the Anunnaki races of beings. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. Quote from the book: A a genetics akin to reptiles. These are highly advanced entities, but viewed as being of a negative, hostile, or dangerous disposition, since they regard humans as a totally inferior race. They would perceive us much the way we would perceive a herd of cattle. They are carnivorous in regard to humans. Now, you remember what the lady said? They're going to eat us. Elvi Zapata, when he was taken into the Great Tribulation, now, how far he was taken into the Great Tribulation, or did he get taken into the Sixth Seal and think it was the Great Tribulation? We don't know. However, Dragons of Arabia, 2nd Esdras 15, verse 28, are you kidding me? Dragons of Arabia? Really? You think that's a coincidence? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's all in the Bible. And yes, second Ezra, first and second Ezra was in the 1611 King James. If you don't have a copy of it, get one, and you'll see it right there. Just make sure you get the one that you know that they didn't strip the apocrypha out of it. And by the way, is that there's only 14 books of the apocrypha, you know, in the 1611 King James. So what first and second Ezra is there. All right. So all that being said, I just wanted to point out that here we have a completely non-Christian, non-Jesus believing writing about testimonies from people who have had uh, alien encounters whereby they uh, gave testimony of what they were told or what they heard, uh, sort of like Robert Vandrius Mitchell and uh, Sister Elena. Okay? So you, the confirmations are just coming in from every single – I mean, my goodness, it's getting to the point where my cup runneth over. I don't even know what I'm going to do with all of the uh, – there's too many of them. This is amazing. It's undeniable. All right. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, so I also want to point out, and I'm going to mention that right now. So the Lord is amazing in the way that he will confirm stuff when it's an important issue, when it's something important. Because the scripture says in, in Luke 18, uh, you know, that all mysteries, all mysteries will be revealed. Now, it doesn't say that all the things, you know, all the mysteries will be revealed to every living creature. It doesn't say that. It just says it. It's somewhere on planet Earth. The mystery will be revealed. Now then, 
So, 11 years later, after I've, you know, many of these things have already happened to me, Sister Nancy, who helps me line up the guests and everything, and she's been doing this so long, I mean, it's like, you know, it's amazing. Um, so is Sister Mary Lee, and uh, it's just amazing. And the work that they do for the Lord through this ministry is astonishing, stupefying, amazing. Praise God. Now then, um, we brought on to the show a guest. His name was Dr. Scott Young, and he is the author of a book with the title Rapture. And I don't know why that sound came over the thing, but it did. Maybe there'll be another one. Who knows? I'm just going to close this down because I don't think I'm going to do any more sounds. But anyway, listen to this. Dr. Scott Young came on this radio show. Sister Nancy was just kind of probing around, looking on Amazon for a Christian author that might be interesting. And what is this book called? It's called Rapture. And the subtitle is, Could There Be More Than One? Dr. Scott Young, Rapture, Could There Be More Than One? Now, when we had him on the show, he had derived that there were likely multiple raptures. His number was three. But what's really fascinating is when Dr. Young was on the program, the author of this book, Rapture, Could There Be More Than One? His conclusions about there being up to three came from different scriptures than the ones that the Lord had shown me. So I shared with him the other ones, and he was like, you know, I don't remember his exact reaction, but, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Truly, words cannot describe. Praise God. All right, so anyway, I wanted to share that with you because that is also another contributor to this this story, the story about a barley harvest, a first fruits group. By the way, in the latest um, prophetic word from Julie Wedby at Behold I Come, and I do suggest that you type into Google or into DuckDuckGo or whichever one you want to, ever search engine you desire, type in Behold I Come uh, and read the latest one that was published by Sister Wedby. <clears throat> it's a big one. It's about four or five pages long, and it's jam-packed full of stuff. And everybody's just gobbling it up and like it's a chocolate cake on their birthday. All right? Now then, in there, in there, it actually talks about multiple rescues, multiple raptures. In the, um, in the, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the fellow. It's on the tip of my tongue. Ah, uh, boy, and I'm just not thinking of it. I don't want to take the time to look it up, but there's another one where the um, the person who saw the vision was taken to earth, and Jesus came down, and I'm still trying to think of the person's name, but anyway, I'm just I'm going to forget about trying to think of his name. It might pop into my head. But anyway, um, he... Uh, Jesus comes down to the earth. He's standing inside of a warehouse, essentially. I'm giving you a super short version. And he looks at a group of people that were you know, in the warehouse, and there were, there were soldiers there, and they were par- persecuting and doing really bad things to the Christians and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and uh, there was a group of Christians that Jesus materialized, essentially, in the warehouse where this, was, this, this persecution was taking place. And he said to a group of the Christians that were in the room, he said, you, you all did enough. You can go home now. You can go home. 
So that would be your first group, your first watch. Okay. And then Jesus said to the other ones, I need you to stay here and give me a hand, you know, help me do some stuff. Well, they were transformed there on earth, right in the room where they were, where all of them were getting persecuted. Now, the soldiers were trying to push and shove them, but they couldn't push and shove the transformed ones that were still on the earth, those that were transformed. They, they could shoot them, but the bullets would go right through them. In some cases, they would go through them and hit somebody else who wasn't a believer, and they would die. Okay? So right there, you have first watch, second watch. The second watch would be tantamount to the wheat harvest because you always got types and shadows. So you get the barley harvest, which happens around when? Shavuot. Remember the letter that I got from the Lord? Well, it was from the Messianic Bible Society, but, you know, it's from the Lord because I was crying and asking him, welcome to this Shavuot wedding. That happens during Pentecost. Do you know how many Christians out there believe in one rapture? <clears throat> Excuse me. And they debate and debate and debate and debate and debate. No, no, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be at Pentecost. No, I think it's going to be at Yom Teruah. I think it's going to be at Pentecost. I think it's going to be in Yom Teruah. That one's the only one that hasn't been fulfilled. I think it's going to be at Pentecost. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you're like, just like somebody, please. Guess what? It's both. One of the mantras, I don't know if a mantra is the right word, but one of the things that I repeat over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and I have for pretty much the last 10 years, is the answer is never A, B, or C. The answer is always all of the above. And guess what? In this case, it is too. Isn't that something? What do you know? Now, is it a pre-trib rapture? Absolutely not. The barley harvest, still going to be part of the Israelites getting taken out in the desert. We've got to go through our desert time. How bad is it going to get? Ain't going to be nearly as bad as the people got to become that will need more refinement and have to stay on the earth. Now, will they transform eventually to be like Jesus and have to go into the FEMA games like happening? It was the Armin Wolf prophecy, uh, dream, you know, vision of the vision of the rapture. Armin Wolf. W-O-L-F-E. Armin is spelled a weird way, too. But anyway, that was the one. So the Lord brought it back to my recollection. And in that one, some of the people that were transformed had to go into the FEMA camps, but the, the guards couldn't stop them. They were already transformed. They were becoming light beings, you know, in the process, and they, they, they were unstoppable. And they went in, they ministered Jesus to the people that were already taken into the FEMA camps. Now, a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people will not make it. A lot of people, a lot of people who are part of the bride of Jesus Christ will be part of the dead who rise first. Okay, because the wheat harvest, <clears throat> here we go again, the wheat harvest, <clears throat> which is the final harvest, which is the second half of Matthew 22, Okay, because remember, the king, kingdom of heaven is like a certain king arranged for a marriage for his son. He sent servants out to call those who were invited to the wedding. What wedding is that? Wedding supper of the Lamb. But they were not willing to come. So that's how that parable opens up. It's talking about a marriage. Talking about a wedding. He says... He goes on to say that he sent out other servants. Tell them who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner... There's a wedding supper. My oxen fatted kettle killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. So we know that it's the wedding supper of the Lamb. We know it. 
But what's fascinating is in this parable, in verse 4, there's an anomaly. It says, again, again, so right here you see the word again separating the first part. So the very first part of the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who had a marriage for his son. He sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Stop. Period. That event is what is happening right now. Okay? So right now you want to be participating through prayer, being a prayer warrior, uh, touching people's lives, doing good things, visiting the widows, you know, feeding the orphans, you know, living a godly life, setting an example for your family, uh, doing a little bit of uh, witnessing, whatever the case may be, but a lot of prayer. And now's the time. You want to be part of this group of servants. Because if you're not, because the, the parable of the talents and rewards comes, it's in the same breath as the as the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Jesus didn't say the parable of the wise and foolish virgins and immediately go into the parable of the talents and rewards, okay, side by side without taking a breath or a drink of water, okay. He did it on purpose. He was trying to explain that if you want to be a wise virgin, you better be doing something with the talents that he gave you. Is that convicting? Good. All right. So anyway, so, but here in verse 4, you have the anomaly again. So that's a separator word. That just separates the first thought, that first group of servants that went out and told everybody, come to the wedding. But they weren't willing to come. They weren't listening. Verse 4 says, again, he sent out other servants. Wasn't the same ones. What happened to the first group? Where are they at? On two wings of a great eagle. They were taken to a place of safety where they were fed for times, times, half a time. It is not Petra. It is not some interdimensional location above the Philippines. I have heard it all, and it makes me just want to shave my head and wear orange until Jesus comes. I'm, again, I'm having a moment thinking about a shrimp fork and ripping out my spleen. I don't understand where people get these notions, but they are so anti-biblical, it's unbelievable. But they get ideas and seducing spirits and yada, yada, yada. And you can read the – I highly recommend that you read the white paper called How Satan Stops Our Prayers. It, it, How Satan Stops Our Prayers, okay, combat in the spiritual realm. Look it up. Or email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com, and I will send it to you. And you can read it. But pay very, very close attention to the last paragraph or so. Because you will realize that when you don't pray properly, or you allow to have you know too much sin in your life that's unrepented or you know unconfessed, etc., what happens is the angels, you're praying for stuff, and your angels are being sent down to you with, just like Daniel's angel, with the answer to your prayers. But a lot of times the angels can't arrive because, you, because you're dorking it up. You're, there's a, so many ways that you can dork it up. One of the ways you can dork it up, now, speaking in tongues bypasses all this. So that's your special gift from receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues bypasses everything that I'm about to say. Okay, this is not something that the person who wrote Combat in the Spiritual Realm, How Satan Stops Our Prayers, they, they didn't cover the speaking in tongues thing. 
Now, whether it was because he just plum didn't know or whatever, I don't know why, but I can tell you as a fact that um, speaking in tongues bypasses all this. So you want to speak in tongues a lot, just in case you're just not where you need to be to get full force out of your prayers. But you have to pray with great fervency, great power, a lot of emotion. The fervent effective prayers of a righteous man avails much named 516b. Uh, King Hezekiah wasn't going to get a hall pass from God in 2 Kings 20, verse 5, except that God saw his tears. I have seen your tears, and I will answer you, our Father says. There are so many testimonies about people not getting the answer to their prayers until they put some more heart into it. Boy, that bumble's hungry. Herbie, put some more heart into it, boy. I can't fake cry. Well, then you probably don't need it as much as you think you do, do you? But I can't. But I, I, I. Now, going to yourself, your heart is dorked up. And then that requires some prayer. My heart was dorked up really bad. And it's still probably dorked up. I mean, we never arrive. We're always hanging on to the bus bumper. But mine was dorked up enough that I, you know, I didn't even have the basics now. But I, my eyes got open because I was reading the Bible. You know, I was reading a lot of the Bible. And the Lord was showing me things. I was seeking him with all of my heart. If you seek me, you shall find me. If you seek me with all of your heart. I know the thoughts that I think about you, not thoughts of evil, thoughts of good, to bring you to an expected end. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29. Take your pick. 33, 13. I don't remember all of them. But anyway. <clears throat> Read the whole chapter. Be good for you. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Got to read the Word of God to get faith. Sorry, because it's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing under the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, to discern our thoughts and tense of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. Living and powerful. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the Word of God. How can that be? Because it's living and powerful. All right. It does magical things. Oh, no. He said the M word. He must be of the devil. <laughs> oh my, the world is full of heresies. But, you know, what are you going to do? As a matter of fact, it even goes on and explains uh, that the second group of servants that were sent out in the, in the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22 were not only did they go out and try to let everybody know, but the other Christians seized the servants and treated them spitefully and killed them even. And the king heard about it, which is our Heavenly Father, and was furious, and he sent out his armies, World War III, and destroyed those murderers, World War III, and burned up their city, World War III. Get it? Hopefully you do. Because the first group was gone before World War III. That means the first group is also gone before John 16, too. They will kick you out of the synagogues. Yes, there will come a time that they kill you and think that they have done God a service, but they do this because they do, have not known the Father nor me. The love of the Father, the self-sacrificing love of our Father. They're Pharisees shaking their fingers, grabbing pitchforks, and stringing people up from trees and thinking that they're doing God a service. It's all in the Bible. Spiritual discernment. The Bible has perfect synergy for people who can discern it spiritually. And all of the scriptures from the old to the new match, with the exception of the ones where they, the new covenant, the new eternal contract, supersede the old and make things even more strict. Which, of course, Jesus had the right to do, considering the price he had to pay. 
All right. So if that's not enough, we get some more confirmations. And I'm going to share the additional confirmations along with all of the other ones. God is good, and he is kind. And he will tell you if you can receive it. If you can't receive it, then you can walk around in some kind of, I don't know what you would want to call it, some sort of, you know what, I know what a court of law would call it. A court of law would call it willful negligence, and you'd be punished for it. But fortunately, God is very merciful, and he doesn't punish people for being, <laughs> I'll just use the word thick, because I'm not allowed to use a stronger word, because if I did, I'd get in trouble, and it would be the rocket thing, and uh, you know, I don't want to go there. Thick, I think, is reasonable. And that's fine. Now, if they're just, you know, have minds of little kids or whatever, or, you know, they're happy in their little Jesus world that they grew up in their, you know, Lutheran church on 5th and Main, there's nothing wrong wrong with that either. But as it says in Luke 18, um, it's very clear, uh, you know, uh, in that scripture, uh, it says, and I got to find the little thing here. Yeah, I want to read it to you. Hold on. In Luke um, 8, I'm sorry, my bad. It's Luke 8, verses 17 to 18. So please forgive me. Um, and it says, For nothing is secret that will, that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known or come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. Now, how is it that there's a how to hear and how not to hear? What's that all about? Because if you hear with wax in your ears and a bent antenna, you're not going to be able to receive. You can't receive it. So take heed how you hear. Receive it with an open heart and an open mind, being hungry for more of that amazing mysteries that are woven into our Bible. Because Jesus goes on to warn, for whoever has the ability to hear, the the humility of heart and the hunger that goes along with wanting to learn the mysteries, for for whoever has that ability to hear, to him more, more will be given. So if you have that heart and you say, wow, this could be true. I need to read more. I've got to be a good Berean. I've got to be more nobler than these. Then search the scripture daily to see if it is so. I've got to get on my knees and pray more. I've got to wake up a half an hour early. You know what, folks? I'm working on my 18th straight hour with my job. I'm approaching 60 years old. Okay? You don't think I'm tired, exhausted? <laughs> think about it. And I still get up at 4 o'clock in the morning every, almost every single day. And it's not because I don't sleep well. A lot of times I sleep incredibly well, but the Lord gets me up at that hour. Oh, but I can't. I'm so tired. Okay, fine. Fine. Seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. I wonder what that means. Seeking me with all of your heart. That kind of sounds like a strong phrase, doesn't it? Do you think that might even imply that we should set our alarm a little earlier? Oh, I just can't do that. My coffee's not strong enough. I just, and, uh, and the Keurig, I just can't afford them anymore. And, but I can make jellies and jams. <clears throat> so, again, if you're hungry to receive the mysteries, as it says right here in Luke 8, verses 17 and 18, if you're hungry for them, you're going to get more. If you're not, you're going to get diddly. Matter of fact, it even says, whoever does not have the hungry, the willingness, the humility, the desire to know the mysteries, whoever doesn't have, even what he, see, he, he or her seems to have will be taken from them. Now, why would that be? 
because these creatures are going to descend upon the earth in spaceships and they're going to be here for it, you see, because they're not going to know about the barley harvest. They're going to believe that it was any takers? Kids, do you know the answer? They're going to believe it's Project Blue Beam. Because David Doetry, when he saw it happen with his own eyes, there were blue streaks of light shooting up into the sky. Just like that movie, that prophetic movie, entitled Skyline, which had the scene in it where the alien ships were, of course, slurping people up into the ships with blue lights, blue beams of light as they were being slurped up into the air. Oh, but if that's not enough to line up with Project Blue Beam, you even have a scene in there where the guy's freaking out. And he goes, it's like the blank in Rapture. <laughs> you think that was put in there by accident? I don't think so. But you see the Project Blue Look, what does it say here in Luke verse 8, 17 through 18? The Holy Spirit just placed this upon my heart. And whoever does not have even what they seem to have will be taken away from them. Project Blue Beam, I'm not saying that there won't be, uh, you know, the projection of a fake Jesus in the sky and all that kind of weirdness. But guess what? The Christians that are on the earth that were not properly refined, that were not living in holiness and righteousness, that were not living in total obedience, that had guns in their house and intended to shoot people, or whatever the case was that was made iniquity in their heart, are not going to qualify as the, the um, barley harvest. They're not going to qualify. They're staying for the big show. Well, guess what? Whoever does not have humility... Love, desire to know the mysteries, seeking God, waking up extra early, spending time in prayer with the secret place of the Most High, doing all the things that we're supposed to be doing, being absolutely obsessed with the Lord, falling in love with Jesus, beseeching him and praying to him that he would pour out his love into my heart. I, I say, Jesus, I need to love you more. I need to fall in love with you more. And, and, I, and I followed you know, the recommendation in Charles and Francis Hunter, uh, Hunter's book, he, he came to heal – or uh, how to heal the sick because – Francis Hunter, uh, even in the beginning of the book, she said, you have life and death and the power of, you know, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. These are scriptures. Okay, so when we have that power, why do we have the power? We have the power because it is no longer I who live, but, but Christ who lives in me. So if Christ lives in you, you have the power of Christ through you. Ephesians 3.20 says, uh, it says, uh, uh, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. The power of Jesus Christ is manifested where? Through us. When we know that we have the power of Jesus, this is the thing the devil does want to know. This is like the most forbidden fruit. The most forbidden fruit. Satan does not want us to know who we are. And believe you, me, he hates my guts. But tough bananas. <laughs> I don't care. I've taken my beatings, and I'm sure I'm going to get a whole bunch more. Because that's just what comes with this role. I didn't ask for this job, but it was prophesied when I was 10 years old that I would have it. Now, anyway, but that's a whole other story. So it's all right here. Do you see the synergy? Are you, are you connecting the dots? Are you feeling the, the synergy, the harmony of the scriptures and how it all connects? It's all there. Every one of every piece, I'm just showing it all to you. It's right there. 
Amazing. Now, the Lord gave me another piece of information just recently, and I said, and, and it was at the point that I received this piece of information that I said, you know what, I'm going to have to do another show about the first watch, second watch, and third watch, and I wanted to make it, I wanted to give it a title that really captured people's, but it's so appropriate, the Alien Ship Barley Harvest, because in fact, it's all about that round, gigantic Death Star mothership that was shown to David Doetry and Pastor Augusto Perez, and probably a whole lot of other people as well that we maybe don't know about yet. But it was shown to me one day, you know, I have a lot of these weird coincidences in my life, a lot of them, let me tell you something. And the only time I don't see them is when I'm not paying attention or when I'm in a very feeling sorry for myself, super depressed, you know, and that's just kind of a state of sin. And um, you know what? I, I You know, my... my um, I get bubble gum on my Holy Spirit antenna when I get in those moods. Then when I get out of the moods, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can hear her again. So I get this. I One morning, in, probably in the dark, in my prayer chair, whatever, I probe around and look for things. Something pops in my head, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to look that up, and I did. Or, or something will get thrown in front of my face, which is actually more common. I might be checking, like, the Epic Times for the latest news, uh, whatever, you know, and then I'm like, wait a minute, what's this? And there'll be a link that says Nostradamus's most, you know, uh, most famous um, uh, uh, predictions for 2021 or whatever the case may be. And by the way, I, that's exactly what I was looking up. It, now, I, I don't know if it said, you know, the most famous ones for 2021. Maybe it said that. I don't know if that's what I searched on and this was just part of the collection. I don't know. Could this be for a couple of years from now? Could be. And I'm going to quote it to you. Quote. So first off, it, I, it's, I cannot emphasize more that it was in a massive accident, massive accident, that I spotted this. One in a million, perhaps? How many things could I have clicked on? How many hits did I get on my search? What's the math? Quote, Nostradamus was convinced that his predictions would not be deciphered by his contemporaries, so he left us a series of clues to be found when he wished. They were known as quatrains. For Nostradamus, the beginning of World War III is closely related to the appearance of a UFO. O in the sky. I emphasize the fact that Nostradamus connects the beginning of World War III with a single UFO in the sky. Now, anybody who knows anything about the UFOs and the alien presence, the fallen angels and all that other stuff knows that there's never a time on the planet Earth. There is never, 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 never a time on planet Earth that there's a single UFO in the sky. There's hundreds of thousands of them all over the sky. All you got to do is get yourself a third generation night vision goggle. Go out on, you know, and go out in the sky and look up in the sky and look. See them. They're all over the place. They shoot laser beams at each other. They're everywhere. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. This is a singular event. This is a UFO in the sky. And it is linked directly to World War III. Connect the dots, man. Praise God, this is amazing. A UFO in the sky. This is, I am positive, the David Doetry UFO. 
That strongly implies that the barley harvest is going to occur just before the outbreak of the Mech Daddy World War III. Does that mean that we'll be here for the ground-based nukes? Uh, Seattle, um, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., and New York City and Chicago. Ground-based nukes captured in a ceremony vision. Well, no, I think we might be here for some of those. So some of us are going to go home. If I had a dollar for every time somebody sent me, somebody on YouTube saying, Jesus told me there was going to be a nuclear bomb in Tampa. And then, of course, the listener of the radio show sends it to me, and I'm like, thank you, brother. God bless you. Or thank you, sister. God bless you. And I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Hit the delete key. I don't care. First and foremost, I don't have confirmations of that. And no. I have lots of confirmations for the cities that I just mentioned, but I don't have a single confirmation for the noise about Tampa. So I just have you ever watched the uh, Barney Miller thing? I forget what that guy's name was. It was the guy that was kind of butch and he was very cynical. I forget his name, um, but uh, it, it wasn't the guy with the you know the, the, the uh, African American guy with the big black mustache. It wasn't him. Uh, you know, uh, it was the other guy, gosh, and he was the big burly guy who was, you know, he had the really short Marine-like hair. And every time he, he, he was like, he heard something that, you know, that was like, that's ridiculous. He would like make his hand into like a little like mini trumpet. And he would just like, he'd go like this. He'd go, you know, in his hand. And that's what I want to do. <laughs> I forget what that guy's name was. Barney Miller. I'm dating myself. Like, who cares? I deserve to be dated. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. <clears throat> now um, I'm going to read to you. Oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive. Yet another confirmation. Very reason, by the way. This one was, was released on Monday, July the 19th. No, 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 no. I take that back. This was published on – no, it is the same day. Way to go, Sister Carol, for sending it to me the, ver, the, the day it got released. Looky there. <clears throat> July the 19th. This is Sister Barbara of God's Healer 7, and I will read it to you right now. Quote, it is coming. It is closer than you think. The last days, signs, wonders, disclosure, and the unveiling of truth. Your eyes will behold signs. Remember how many times the Bible says signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. Signs in the heavens. Where do you think those are? Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Why is that in the Bible? Why am I supposed to look up? Everybody thinks it's because you're looking at Jesus, doesn't it? That's what they all think, don't they? We must be looking up at Jesus, you see, because it couldn't be anything else. But then you see the other scripture that says in Luke, it says, men's hearts failing them for, for, for the, you know, failing them for uh, those things which are coming upon the earth. They're coming upon the earth for fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear of those things coming upon the earth. What are those? I don't know. I look up in the sky all the time. I don't see nothing that can make, my, make me have heart failure. Oh, it must be a meteor. No, I, it might make me run, but it ain't going to make my heart fail. Do <laughs> you know that in every, every single movie that has ever been made, Impact, you name it, there's so many of them, that have like meteors or whatever coming to the earth. And, you know, at the moment of truth, none, 
nobody drops over. There isn't a single scene on any of those movies, and I am a big buff. I have a big collection of apocalyptic movies, and I am here to tell you I have never seen not one single scene where somebody dropped over dead from a heart attack even though the earth was coming to an end or a giant meteor was heading toward the earth and a gigantic, you know, all that. Nope. Don't you think they just put one person dropping over? Not a one. Interesting. wonder what it could be. You know, it's funny that Second Ezra's 15 verse 28 talking about the dragons of the rabies coming to the earth and all those who see them will fear and tremble. Men's hearts failing for fear of those things coming upon the earth. Oh my gosh, look at all the synergy. It's unbelievable how it all fits together. Like, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, it's like, what? All fits together. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. Astonishing. Stupefying. Praise God. It goes on. Sister Barbara goes on, your eyes will behold sights never before seen by mankind, every hidden thing revealed. The sky will open and you will see an interstellar. Oh, my goodness. She doesn't say they're demons. Well, then this must be a false prophecy. No, it's not. The little boy did the best he could and the mama ran with it. Okay. They ninety nine point nine 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 vinculum of the Christians out there that even acknowledge the existence of UFOs are very fast to say they're demons. Even Chuck Misler in his whole big book and dissertation and teaching on it came to the conclusion that the spaceships were interdimensional craft bringing the demons through dimensions. That is not right. It is incorrect. Sorry. But it was a good guess on behalf of Chuck, and I love Chuck. Now, I feel like I'm, you know, talking about a Charlie Brown Chuck. Chuck! It's getting to that time of year. We're only a few weeks away from Thanksgiving. (laughs) I've got to really get going on this diet, man, because I'm going to hit Thanksgiving and just say, how the heck with it? I'm going to have some, what is that? Oh, yeah, it's um, the pumpkin pie recipe that I got from Taste of Home. That is just the, uh, oh, it's just, it's a pumpkin it's a pumpkin, uh, walnut, caramel, pumpkin cheesecake. <laughs> now, let me tell you something, folks. It is bar none the most fantastic cheesecake I have ever eaten in my life. <laughs> and it was the first one I ever made, too. Very good. Be very hard to say no to that. Anyway, listen to this. She even goes on to say in, in, in this, it says, you will see an interstellar galactic battle. Interstellar galactic battle. Hmm. That don't sound like demons to me. Sounds like spaceships in outer space. And demons don't tool around in spaceships in outer space. I'm sorry. To, those are maybe fallen beings, twice dead, as it says in Jude, which means they're cursed part of the original Angel Wars, and it even comes along and it says, wars, she, this is her, continuing with, with her prophetic word from the Lord, war in the heavens and war on earth. Hey, do you suppose the war on earth could be World War III and the war in the heavens is the intergalactic battle that comes to the earth? Do you think that this might be aligning to that 10-year-old boy's visit with Jesus? Nostradamus's prediction about the giant UFO that kicks off World War III? Could it be? 
See, all this information helps us to understand when the barley harvest occurs, doesn't it? It gives it context. Because if that giant Death Star spaceship shows up in the sky just prior to World War III, then the barley harvest is going to be after the third seal, which I predicted many times because it says at the end of it, do not harm the oil or the wine. And I just figured that it was inclusive of the barley harvest, the first fruits rapture people. First fruits, first watch. Well, looks like it is. So it looks like that prediction was correct. And um, but that's not. Don't be all bummed out about that, okay, folks? I mean, we got. I I told you. I'm telling you. It's, you know, the the foreshadowing of going through the desert is going to be inclusive. Look, the Lord God tests the righteous. You better learn to start praising Jesus. You better start learn that learning like I need to get better at. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But it's a long journey, folks. It's a long journey. You got to get to the point where when that hammer hits your toe and your toe got busted and it's black and blue that you're not dropping f bombs. Sorry. It's hard. That takes some serious renewing of the mind. <clears throat> you got to put these things into practice. You got to learn, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, like I was talking about on the last show. You got to learn how to smile. You got to force yourself to smile. Put a smile on your face. Make the endorphins come. When you are so frustrated you can't stand it anymore and you're about to whip a glass at the or take a hammer and bash some piece of furniture into a million pieces or whatever. No. Smile. You know? Amen. I think it's Sting does a song. Smile because your heart is hurting or something like that. I don't know. I probably get the words wrong. Anyway, it goes on and says, everything is now unfolding, she goes on to prophetically say. Men's hearts will fail them. It's right here. What a quinky dink that Barbara, Sister Barbara from Pittston, Pennsylvania, with an accountant for her husband. Okay, which you know it's cool because my, you know um, that so is my family. It runs in a family. <laughs> my, my sister's uh, husband, who just passed recently, was a, had his own accounting business. I think that's an interesting coincidence. But look, it's right here. Men's hearts will fail them. Many will perish, and man's sinister plan against man will come to fruition. Michael, the archangel, will step forward. Uh oh, looky there. That aligns to my. I stick to my story and I say that the, the Jacob's trouble is, in fact, the beginning of the Great Tribulation. Michael the Archangel comes forward in Daniel 12. And it also talks about a slippery escape. That would be the first fruits barley harvest. It says, chaos, death, pandemonium will engulf the earth. I will shorten the days for the elect's sake. But wait a minute, how can that be? Won't the elect be gone? No. The elect includes the whole group. But I don't want to be here. The people that are out there saying the rapture is going to happen after the three days of darkness, they're talking about the final harvest. They're talking about the second group in Matthew 22 that go through horrible stuff on the earth as they approach the sixth seal, as they endure World War III, as the buildings are being bombed around them. Okay, now I am not saying that the, that the uh, barley harvest uh, first watch bride, which I hope that we all aspire to be, okay, isn't going to go through some ugly. We are. Just learn to praise. Do it now. Make it so absolutely normal that you just praise God and put a smile on your face. Now, do it now. Put it into practice. Live it. Become it. 
There's life and death in the power of the smile. <laughs> now, I made that up. I got that from that, that was from the uh the Johnny Baptist uh translation of the No, I'm just kidding. All right, so anyway, it goes, I will shorten days, you know, yada yada goes on. I, you know, it says, I will protect my chosen and keep you safe under my wings. The great apostasy is at hand, it goes on to say. But guess what? It's talking to the what? The wheat harvest. The final harvest. What's the harvest that's happening right now? I need the final one. <laughs> Get it? The final harvest happens after does happen after the three days of darkness, and those people are transformed into light beings. That is covered very clearly. For 40 days they roam the earth. Some people will run to them, and some people will run away from them. And they will bring people, just like it says in Matthew 22, the good and the bad, some of them, uh, to the wedding supper, uh, you know, when they are rescued off of the earth at the 40-day mark. But that is after the day of the Lord, which happens in the middle of the sixth seal. In the meantime, the first watch is long gone. All right? David Doetry. This, this just ties a big old ribbon in, on it all, but I'm going to tie a couple of more ribbons on it, too. I'm going to put it in a nice foil golden little box, pretty box, with lots of ribbons. Pretty, delicious vanilla wedding cake. Wedding cake? Who likes white wedding cake? Kids, do you like wedding, white wedding cake? <laughs> you know, I knew that was going to be the answer. White wedding, white wedding cake cupcakes with white icing. Who likes that? Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. All right, now what if we put sprinkles on it? <laughs> right on. Now, what if we take this delicious white wedding cake cupcake with white icing, we put sprinkles on it, put it inside of a gold foil box, and then tie a ribbon on it? How about that? Ha-ha! All right, here we go. Let's tie the ribbon. <clears throat> this is David Doetry. He's been on the show two times. We tried to get him to come on again, but he was, I, I don't know, you know, but, uh, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into the details. Um, he, he's doing fine, by the way. He's just, you know, he's getting pretty up there in age. I hope he, I hope this happens soon enough that he gets to become a part of what the Lord showed him. This was given to him in 1996, but it didn't get published until Brother John Ting on Five Doves put it up uh, in the 2000s, in the early 2000s. The coming events or warnings happen just before the rapture takes place. Dearly beloved doves and brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus, this is John Ting writing. This is the vision given in 1996 concerning worldwide events to happen from one to two, th or one to three weeks before the actual rapture. So there you have that, that common uh, theme where they're guessing, they're estimating the time. So don't ever get wrapped up in the time. Oh, no, three weeks went by. This must be a false dream. Or no, stop that. Just anything that's time-related, let it go. All right, it goes on and says, now, now I'm going to skip a little ahead, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and write in the meat of it. There is going to appear above the earth in the sky a strange object. It will be a large, it will be large and sphere-shaped like a ball. It will look like it's been, in, like it's built in sections, like a football with huge rivets at the seams. Many will call this a UFO. I don't know. It will have the color of copper or bronze. Isn't it fascinating that all of the sculptures all over the world are copper or bronze? 
goes on to say, it will be on every television set around the world. People will be shocked, just like they were during the World Trade Center. People will be glued to their TVs, but you don't. The minute that you see this on TV or wherever, run to the closest food store and get enough canned food and bottled water for about three weeks. Because between one and 24 hours after the object is seen worldwide on television, there is going to be a massive impact or collision on our sun's surface. It is going to happen on our blind side, and we can't see it coming. It's going to be a supersized twin asteroid hitting the sun in a vital spot, releasing a major solar storm and knocking out all of Earth's electricity all over the world. Those of you who read this will save yourself and your family much ministry. I mean, misery. Now, this is going to happen in the next two to three weeks. While the electricity is off, within a few days, the whole world will start to go crazy with hunger. The banks and the ATMs can't work without electricity. Hey, could this be, uh, could this be the, the event that triggers? The global financial collapse? The third seal? Could it be? Hey. It goes on. It says, no gas pumps for food or transportation, no refrigeration, total darkness. This is not the three days of darkness, by the way. The robbers and the rapists and the murderers will see right away that no one can call the police for help because the solar storm has burned up all the communication satellites and cell phones and and, and telephones. The law can't even call each other. It's going to be a total breakdown in large cities. There will be gunshots and screams all night long. Millions of people will uh, will be behind locked doors praying and begging for God's mercy for help and protection. He will answer millions of prayers. Millions will ask for forgiveness, and the Lord and his saints will perform millions of miracles during these three weeks. This is a, I don't know, kind of like a harvest, maybe one of the first major harvests that happens prior to the final harvest, which is during the sixth seal after World War III, or as World War III is in progress, I should say. Then about after three weeks of this, the rapture will happen. Although there are different time zones around the world, the Lord showed me that it will be nighttime here in the United States of America in the state of Florida. In this vision, I was taken in the spirit out into the woods behind my house in Florida, which is, by the way, an hour south of mine. He says, during the spring or early summer, which, by the way, would be tie into the parable of, you know, the, the olive, the fig tree and all that. It started at night. Oh, by the way, it also aligns with the Shavuot Pentecost time. Get it? Pentecost, Shavuot, Pentecost, Shavuot, letter in the mailbox, letter in the mailbox. Oh, my goodness, Grace, look at all these things. Bubbles bounce. I didn't hear any trumpets or words, he said. Guess what? There's a bunch of prophecies, dreams, and visions that confirm that the only people that are going to hear it are the people that go up. He goes on, but I know there's going to be because the Bible says so. That's true. It'll be heard by those who are going to go up. Now, he's seeing this as a bystander. The Lord's showing it to him as a bystander. goes on and says, as I was standing there in the spirit, of course, in the middle of some trees, a huge blue beam, blue beam, blue beam, blue beam of light came down like a big flashlight, about a 30-foot circle around me. The blue beam, blue beam of light was identical in color to the Welder's Ark light of the night. Who has seen the movie Skyline? Who has seen the movie Skyline? Oh, my gosh, it's Project Blue Beam. All the people that are left behind, guess what? They're going to say it was the aliens that took them. Project Bluebeam. They're being eaten by the aliens. 
All those Christians are gone. Those, they, 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 that was Project Bluebeam. They didn't know any better. They're victims of the demons that eat people. Sorry. The answer is not A or B or D. The answer is all of the above. He goes on, he says, it was so blinding, I put my hands over my eyes. If I could see what, where, you know, so, 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 I could, so I could see where the light was coming from. Then I noticed in the distant night sky, north, south, east, and west of me, blue-colored stars jetting off the ground and spiraling up, upwards, traveling fast. They were heading for the, for the bright blue object that was shining the beam of light down on me. Whoa. Now, it would be my prediction that that would be, you know, the great eagle. Yeah, the great eagle that takes the woman away to a place of safety called heaven, where she will be fed at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Four times, times, and half a time. There's a reason why... Um, Revelation 12 says the woman will be taken by a great eagle, the big blue bright light. What could it be? What could it be? (laughs) Cool stuff, man. This is like super cool stuff. I'm going to keep on going. NASA announces the rapture is an alien abduction. From Pastor Sori Park, an anointed pastor from South Korea. It was the middle, I was in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, California. The Holy Spirit taught me that that it was along Wilshire Boulevard that he was at at the time. He said a young man and woman were walking in the sidewalk along the street. They were heading west. Uh, they were heading west with with the man walking to uh, the bush side, which is I guess on the, you know name of the street or whatever. And the woman was walking to the street side, or maybe bushes on the side of the road, whatever. The man was making an impassioned speech to the woman, criticizing Jesus. Being lost in his rational criticism, he called the Bible irrational and made comments to ignore Christianity. The woman was walking carefully and praying inside without any response to his remarks with her head down and a little bit head or head down a little bit in a book held in her chest. She said, "Have mercy upon him, Lord," which is by the way exactly as I've mentioned to people, you know, the Henry Groover vision or the Henry Groover uh, um event, Hezbollah, Father forgive them for they know not what they do the most powerful prayer you could ever say. It will cause demons to drop. The people that are controlled by the demons will drop their weapons immediately. And you'll be protected. Your family will be saved. Nothing bad will happen to you. So when the crowds gather around your house, because you don't have any weapons in your house, you would never have a weapon in your house. You wouldn't even have a stun gun because you would never hurt a fly. That's Jesus on the earth. That's the barley harvest. That's the bride. Well, the the first fruits bride. All right, and the rest of them we're going to have to learn the hard way. And some of them won't make it at all. All right, and it goes on to say, In the middle of her prayer, she suddenly heard a loud trumpet sound from the sky. Rise up here! Now, she heard it, but nobody else did. She looked up in the sky with her face full of joy and excitement. She had no time to express her joy because she was raised up into the air the moment that she looked up. He suddenly found her gone and looked around in bewilderment to find her 
where there was a clash in the street. The downtown street was in a traffic jam, which means that the car accident was a fender bender instead of a huge one. God granted me spiritual knowledge as I was watching the scene and taught me that the trumpet sounds are only heard by those who get raptured. Wow. You know what that means? All the other Christians that are part of the wheat harvest that stay on the earth, that buy the Illuminati PSYOP called Project Blue Beam, that believe the story that the aliens took them, they didn't hear a trumpet. So they're positive the aliens took them. What an amazing Illuminati PSYOP. With much traffic in the area, cars were moving slowly. There would not be many people who were ascending into the air in those circumstances, which gave some idea about how much spiritually corrupted the cities are. I was looking down at the scene up high in the air, and I asked Jesus, what will the world say about the people being raised up into the air? And Jesus gave him a detailed, accurate answer. Pastor Sori Park told the world that Jesus said, and I quote, NASA of the United States will make an announcement that thousands of UFO from a distant planet in the universe surrounded the entire Earth and abducted numerous people around the world with a powerful ultra-modern sucking machine, tractor beam, uh, in one moment promising to make further investigations into the matter and trying to cover it up. Now then. We know that this happens before the Sixth Seal because the Sixth Seal is such a globally cataclysmic event causing a mega tsunami to hit the east coast of the United States that 22 million people die in that tsunami event on the east coast. This is probably long after the Cascadia subduction zone and possibly uh, some of the other cataclysmic events that were queuing up and teeing up into the list. But, but again, the point is this. After that Meteor, the Ephraim Rodriguez meteor, smashes into the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Puerto Rico, and and it causes the great earthquake that shakes the entire Earth. After that event happens, which, by the way, is in Ezekiel 38, so you know that it's happening during the Gog and Magog invasion, it's the same meteor, it's the same earthquake. And that triggers, that is the landmark marker. That is the moment in time that the sixth seal is kicked off. And when the sixth seal is kicked off, guess what? You're entering into the day of the Lord. That's when the really big, gigantic, massive, horrible, massive alien invasion occurs. That's when the Padre Pio, three days of darkness. Look, the three days of darkness are right there in the Revelation chapter 6, verses 13. Here, here, it says, look, it says, there was a great earthquake. Um, it says uh, that, the, that the, um, uh, you know, the moon will turn red. You know, the sun will, uh, it says the sun will turn black as sackcloth of hair. If the sun turns black as sackcloth of his hair, what is it? What is it? Can you see? No, it's dark. Here's your three days of darkness right there. The sun will turn black as sackcloth of air. The sky will roll up like a scroll. Why? Because nuclear bombs will be going off all over the place. The stars will fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. Stars are used as a metaphorical reference to what? Angels. Fallen angels. But wait a minute, how come, it, how come there's so many movies that have meteors falling from the sky just before an alien invasion? 
What about the movie Without Warning from 1994? What about the movie Battle All A? What about the movie How the End Begins? What about the movie War of the Worlds? What about the movie Greenland 2020? What do they all have in common? Well, the one exception is War of the Worlds, but it's pretty close. And Sister Barbara even sees an event where, in a vision, where she sees lightning and strange storms being reported by reporters all over the world. Uh, you know, and it was it was totally War of the Worlds. Praise God, huh? Pretty amazing. So you know that this happens before World War III, right before it. All lines up, tells the same story. Oh, but guess that's just not enough. Lord really had to drive this one home. So, I'm going to read this to you, and then we're going to close. This is a recent uh, prophetic word from Mina Lee Grevin, um, and um, I'm just going to read it. Read, uh, okay, I'm going to read. I'm just going to read the whole thing. Quote, I want to share with you what the Lord allowed me to see regarding the rapture, the harpazo and everything. She goes into detail. She quotes a couple of verses. She goes on. She says, at first, I was allowed to experience the, quote, catching away. So she's talking about a prior time. I heard a loud sound. It was like that of a trumpet, but more like a shofar. I was looking up at the sky. Look up! Your redemption draws nigh! That's all in the Bible. She goes on to say, I remember seeing the clouds part as the glowing light broke through. Oh, my goodness gracious. Didn't David Doetry just say that there was a big, bright light shining down on him? Big, blue, bright light. The synergy and the harmony is absolutely beyond words. Goes on to say, I began to ascend quickly, she says. I remember calling the name of the Lord over and over as it seemed like I was being picking I was picking up speed. I saw others and I couldn't see them clearly. It was like uh uh I saw white silhouettes of people being pulled up uh with me. Perhaps this had to do with the transformation that takes place, you know, and she quotes some scriptures, etc. I then found myself in a place, a great hall full of people. There was a, gr- a quiet hum of chatter. Somehow uh, peace radiated from it. I wa- uh, it was uh, the voices of the people greeting one another with joy. I looked through the endless crowd. I then noticed uh, that to my right there were um, there was a more dense crowd as if, there were, uh, as if they were surrounding someone. My attention was drawn toward them. Somehow my focus became directed at them and the crowd began to disperse. They made a pathway of sorts, almost like they read the curiosity of my mind to know who they had gathered around. As the path cleared, there he stood, Yeshua. Okay, and you know, dressed in you know, Jesus, uh, dressed in a beautiful floor-like white robe or floor-length white robe that seemed to shimmer with lights. He had a gold crown on his head and a gold sash tied around his waist. Oh my goodness, that sounds just like the description of the ten-year-old boy who died and talked to Jesus. You know, the rock and roll dude. Oh, the synergy. I need to make up a song. Oh, the synergy. Oh, the synergy. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. No, whatever. Okay, and it goes on to say, but listen, listen, it goes on. We made eye contact, but I chose not to approach him. As I've often said, the Lord, um, oh, this gets, this gets, I'm going to go to fast forward because we're running out of time. Fast forward two paragraphs. Quote. I then saw scientists and governments come together to try to explain the phenomenon that had taken place, the disappearance of the people. 
They came up with the conclusion that it was an alien invasion, she says. Announcements were broadcasted across television, cell phones, and the Internet and, uh, um, uh, 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 and Internet that we now knew the answer to the long-awaited question of whether or not we were alone. You know, alone in the universe, aliens, all that kind of stuff. I was made aware that there was a previously another type of pledge-slash-pandemic that rolled out after COVID – which we already know is coming. The pressure to get vaccinated and tracked down to LaDonna goes on and on and on. But anyway, you know, without getting into all this stuff, because she sort of blends it into uh, the eventual biometric stuff and all that. And you can read it if you want to. You just search on it out on the Internet. But the point is this. This is a direct confirmation of every single thing we've been talking about tonight. This is a confirmation of the first watch. This is a confirmation of the barley harvest. This is a confirmation of it being associated with a giant spaceship in the sky. This is a confirmation of an alien invasion that precludes World War III. All these things fit together like a glove. It is unbelievable, and it aligns to the Scripture. If you can receive it, if you can receive it, praise His holy name. Dragging your feet when it comes to remodeling your kitchen? I'm Justin Caballero, owner of Revive Kitchen and Bath. Did you know the average return on investment for a kitchen remodel is around 80%, meaning you can get up to 80% back of what you invest in your kitchen remodel and your home's increased value. So why wait? Visit Revive Kitchen and Bath, home of one of the best warranties in the business. Check out our work to see why we're voted the best home remodeler in Tampa Bay three years in a row. Don't love your kitchen? Revive it with Revive Kitchen and Bath. Visit us at revivekitchenandbath.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.